Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Fuzzy. There's a mistake. Moonlight. Best picture. Roger Ebert derided the film Ali with two stars in his review for the Chicago Sun-Times and mentioned it lacks much of the flash, fire, and humor of Muhammad Ali and is shot more in the tone of a eulogy than a celebration. I'm your host, David Crespo. <laughs> Macaringo, my co-host, would you agree with that? Um... It's 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 close, but no potato. <laughs> it's a little. It, it's it's kind of like yeah. Um, he wasn't trying to make a movie about how fun Ali was. <laughs> yeah, uh, this seems to be the common criticism of Michael Mann's 2001 film Ali, which is what we're here to talk about today on the Failed Award Contender season two. Yes. We're back to talk about more Michael Mann. As we should be. A guy there no one's be... talking about. Well, it's died down a little bit right now. It'll ramp up again for Ferrari, which comes out later It'll ramp up again for Ferrari, and then no one will see it. I know. It's just going to be a film Twitter thing. Still haven't and watched then... Tokyo Vice. I have not either. Yeah. So, like, we're part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, he only did the pilot, though. Yeah, but it's still it's Tokyo Vice. Yeah, and it's just somebody who put, somebody who watched Miami Vice until it killed him. Like <laughs> <laughs> I should have watched Tokyo Vice. Yeah, yeah. I hear the pilot is like at least like you know exciting because you can see Michael Mann doing some cool shit with the camera. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I mean that's the bare minimum of what we should expect from Michael Mann. <laughs> Well, because he, like, he came on after it was, like, being produced. So, you know, it's not, like, his baby or anything mm. like that. All right. Was it, like... Like, like, you know, Miami Vice, like, one of the more, uh, uh, I guess, like, controversial takes. People will still say it's, like, that's, like, the show is, like, a Michael Mann property. And, like, it is, but it's not just his. Mm. Um, it, it is the, the work of many but, other individuals. But he did have his hands more in that than Tokyo Vice. Yes, yes, he did. He was he very hands-on. And then you watch like a couple episodes of Mammy Vice and Manhunter back to back, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I see it." <laughs> What's well, it's, to- it's like the natural evolution of his style, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's it's like okay, yeah, this was definitely the next step, right? Yeah. And at least this weird thing where people go like, "Ah, he's all style and no substance," which was his thing for a long time, which is crazy to think about. I know. I mean, it is fucking wild that he didn't get like a best picture mm. yeah it's i mean it's weird what of his has gotten best picture nominations like insider yeah and didn't win i i, I don't understand any of this ali did not get a best um picture clearly nomination was, or best director this is clearly designed to uh win every award <laughs> um and it it won None, I think. <laughs> it, let's see. Let's take a look at what it did win. Uh, the Black Reel Awards of 2001. It won well, everything it was yeah, nominated that, for. That makes sense. Uh, uh, Broadcast Film Critics Association Awards. No wins. Uh, Chicago Film Critics Association Awards. Best Supporting Actor, John Voight, won. It won an SP. Yeah. 59th Golden Globe no Awards. Golden Globe won wins. nothing. No Golden Globe uh, yeah. MTV Movie Awards. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. MTV Movie Awards, Will Smith, it won. Yeah. Best male performance. Wow. So I can't believe Will Smith in the year 2002 won at the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. I think he should have won again for Bad Boys 3. Can you believe that that happened? Will, all right, I guess we got we to gotta talk about it. We, got, we, we can't dance around it, really. No, I think we can, we can dance around it. Uh, we can float like a butterfly. Yeah, but the other thing, we're going to talk about dancing around it, and then we're just going to go right at it. <laughs> so, and then we have to talk about his sting like a bee. Yeah. Um, is Will Smith ever going to win another award again? Yeah. You think he will? I think he will. Okay. Because then he's going to... all. We have these fucking these superstars from the 90s that are aging out now. Everyone is going to get like the the fucking like victory lap tour everyone who's still like working and has like a, a decent enough reputation and the truth is people still like will smith a lot like people like are sitting on him and making like the jokes are just annoying at this point yeah like it, you're not that funny if you're making a joke about the the slap incident mm. like it i promise you all the funny jokes have been said about it already <laughs> um it's over don't don't do that anymore mm. you're not that clever um and I, I think he's going to get, like, a redemption tour eventually after the 10 years of his banning from the Oscars are up. Like, not immediately. He's going to need to pick a good project, which, mm-hmm. God bless Will Smith, not the best at. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the good project. Here's the thing. Will Smith, uh, I think there's a lot that we could say about the slap, right? Where there was a, like... Where the fuck did this come from? Immediately followed by a like, I guess it's kind. This kind of makes sense that Will Smith would do this. <laughs> and then it was a weird like. Now his entire career is in context of that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it it, and then he he wins the Oscar immediately after that. Like, right after was when he wins Best Actor, which is crazy. Yeah, that is maybe the single craziest thing that's happened at the Oscars uh, outside of Moonlight, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, outside of that. Um, But but also, like, you look at his film party just immediately after. Yeah, like, right after. It was, like, wild. Like... (laughs) What has Chris Rock said about it? Like, I haven't heard any comment from him, really. Um, he said, like, it, it was like... I forget what he compared it to, so I don't want to put words in his mouth. But, like, he was... Um, he, he's, he's mentioned it in his stand-up routines, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's also mentioned that it was kind of like... Um, you know, if he... I'm going to pull this up. I don't want to... I don't want to <coughs> yeah, misquote yeah. something terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Um... Uh, well, he, he said he, he doesn't consider himself a victim. Anyone who says words hurt has never been punched in the face, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a funny quote, <laughs> you know? Um, not a victim, but still hurt. Uh, he had some quote that I, I remember um, was, was pretty controversial. But I, I I can't find it, and I don't I don't want to. Well, I I I do remember anything. Him kind of saying like it freaked him. I do remember giving one quote where he said like, "Yeah, it kind of freaked me out a bit." 
like that he wasn't happy that it happened, obviously. Yeah, it, and I mean, hey, who who would be happy well, about that situation? Yeah, I kind of remember people coming down on Chris Rock being like, what are you talking about? Nothing happened. I was like, I mean, you know, I'm not, it, it's not nothing. You know, That's the thing about it. Yeah. It's not nothing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But it is that thing of like, I was with, because I'm a white idiot, and I was at a family gathering like a year ago, and that came up, and to me, it's like, okay, this is just an excuse to talk about how wild that moment was, right? Mm-hmm. And then for other family members, who I try to see as little as possible, um, it was an excuse to get as racist as possible as quick as possible. Unfortunately, yeah. And it's it feels like, I feel like white America might be done with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly or unfairly. Probably unfairly. You know, yeah. But again, like, yeah. it's 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 wild. And it's weird when because we're talking about Hollywood, where it's like so many people have done so much worse and still have careers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, but they also didn't do it on live television, I guess. Yeah, which doesn't yeah. Help things. There was a conversation I was having about it with a, a professor last year, and he was he he, he was adamant that it wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened. But it did, the setting it happened in, like exacerbates it to such a degree that yeah. it, it's it looks significantly worse. Like, hey, don't maybe don't slap people. Mm. Uh, but hey, maybe people that get slapped maybe think about what brought you to the point where someone felt the need to walk on stage to slap you. Um, but again, the the arena in which it happened in made it. Yeah, it, it seems so much worse. Yeah, um, because these people are all fucking. We don't need to get into the type of people that are in Hollywood. Yeah. But, you know, um, you had people responding with, like, just the most ridiculous shit mm-hmm. about how, like, oh, he could have killed him. I think Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow said, said that. Yeah. Which is so fucking just wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wanda Sykes defended Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she knows that Will Smith apologized to him, but said that no one apologized to us. Worked really hard in putting that show together. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what the hell is this? And, like, I, I can understand you putting hard work into making the show good. And then you get kind of, you know, everyone gets sidetracked. with like, wait, what the fuck has happened? Um, well, I, all right. Can I, I'll just make this point really quick. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous to, like, set Will Smith's entire career on fire because of this moment. Right? Mm-hmm. But I do think it's important that we go that it was fucking dumb and bad that he did it. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't, there's, I don't think there's any dancing around going like actually when you think about it what he did was somewhat justified you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah yeah. it's crazy that he did that and then it's that thing of like for me what that moment really put into perspective was the the weird his weird choice of bad move a lot of the bad movies he's picked over the years right Mm -hmm. there's a common theme in a few of them which one, he's either like some sort of martyr, right? Atoning for sins, you know? Mm-hmm. Carry the, or he's like this hardened badass, you know? That like doesn't have any friends and doesn't like people. <laughs> like, what? Like that's been like a, like After Earth, which is like a movie that's kind of his, you know? Like that he really helped develop with M. Night mm-hmm. and Gary Whitta, right? It's like a huge part of that is about how he's like an emotionless robot. 
what a strange movie, right? Yeah, very strange. Uh, 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 not, I'm not someone's worst, mm. but um, very strange movie. But yeah. like for me, that moment put a lot of that shit into perspective. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And also, there's the like the last rap album he did. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, actually, I, I haven't listened to his his last uh, album. Lost and Found, Mm-mm. which uh, I it kind of went viral after um the slap because that album is like it has switch in it you remember switch which was like his last hit yeah that i do remember um but it's also got several songs where he is super defensive about his public image and his the people he has beef with in public which range from Eminem to his ex-wife to Larry Elder, of all people. Uh, it's a weird album. Have you? I would recommend checking it out a little bit, just because it is a different side of Will Smith that maybe we we weren't aware of that much. You know? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's got a song in there like that's basically him being like, my ex-wife, she, now she's all religious and judgmental of my life. And he's, he he says that he wanted to kill her at times in the song. <laughs> and then compares her religious fanaticism to the attacks on 9-11. And it's, it's one of those where like, it goes from like 0 to 11 really quickly. Again, this is an album that also has Switch on it. Um, I'm just bringing this up because there's just Will Smith is such a complicated public figure, which I think no one realized how complicated he was until the slap moment, you know? Yeah. And, you know, to, there's to a your lot point more about, going on with him than maybe we realized. Yeah. You know, and like, that's who, who am I to, to like cast a light on an individual <laughs> who's very publicly clearly going through something, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I hope he's, he gets to a, a good place because, like, that doesn't just happen randomly. Yeah, you know. Um, I, I will say to your point about like white America maybe being done with him. Like, those are the people that will not address complicated human issues, like human emotional issues that get someone to that point. You know, those yeah. are like, no, he did a bad thing, so he's bad. Yeah, and it's like, well, people do bad things, and maybe they they are not a, always a bad person. You know, and now. We're talking repeat offenders here, or people that show no signs of improvement. That's one thing, but yeah. that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, here. exactly. You know, and it's this thing of like Will Smith of, of his complicated image. He's mostly just weird, and then that happened, right? Like that's really all you can say. I mean, that was the, there's just there were so many weird stories about Will Smith for the longest time, you know, and it's all just mm-hmm. now it's so overshadowed by the slap moment, right? Like, yeah. Um, and again, it's become like this weird inflection point that makes it like difficult to talk about. Uh, and it's just crazy that he then wins the Oscar right after he does that. Like he basically set his whole career on fire and then wins the Oscar. <laughs> that's just, that's kind of comedy gold though. Like, no, like, no, that is amazing. You could do a hysterical short film about yeah. that exact sequence of events. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe don't. 
<laughs> but it's could. important to remember that before this, though, it is this thing of like Will Smith was like personally chosen by Ali to play him in the movie. Like Ali endorsed the choice of Will Smith. And before the slap incident, Obama was always talking about if they make a movie about me, Will Smith should play me. And it's like now it's like that those conversations will never happen now. Yeah. That this has happened. Uh, does he have anything lined up? He did that emancipation with no one saw. Yeah. Which I think was also he, like in the works before the incident really happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Like um he has uh, Bad Boys 4, which everyone was like, oh, is that on the back burner now? And then, like, I think a month after that incident, they the producer said, no, it's still in the works. And then as recently as, like, two weeks before recording this episode, they're like, no, it's like, we're, we're in development right now. We're working okay. with the directors from the last movie again because they just got booted off Batgirl, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. So it yeah. Looks, like, looks like Bad Boys 4 is going to be, like, kind of a an attempt at redemption for separate groups of people. Well, I think it's this thing of, like, we we really don't know at this point, because Emancipation doesn't really count, because that was, like, an Apple TV thing, right? Yeah. So, like, I go, like, not a lot of people saw it. Yeah. Like, so, but it's not a, like, test of him as an actor again, whereas, like, if Bad Boys 4 comes out and makes, like, $3, then people will be like, oh, okay, this, yeah, he his career has been fucked up by this. Yeah. I always think of, like, yeah. it's this thing of, like, there's, we hold you know, black artists to a higher standard than white artists in Hollywood, which is, cause it's that thing of like, I think about, I was talking about like white America being done with him. Where it's like, there's right and wrong. What he did is wrong. Anyway, when's Mel Gibson coming back? Like, yeah, that's the yeah. attitude, you know, Mel Gibson, a guy who basically came out and said that like, he hates the Jews and he's a Holocaust denier and has never really explained any of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he just said, I'm sorry. <laughs> You can't just be sorry for comments like that, you know? You have to be like, hey, where does that come from, motherfucker? Like, look, I think we all understand that if you make a mistake, maybe not as bad a horrible, evil mistake as what Mel Gibson has said, but you make a mistake, it's sometimes a little hard to own up to it. What he said was so horrific Mm -hmm. that I can understand why he's, he's having a hard time owning up to it, but I also believe that he probably just doesn't care. Yeah. Which makes him worse, and it's upsetting that he's still getting work, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he should he should not he should go away. Mm-hmm. Stop it. <laughs> There's a reason he wasn't Mad Max for uh, Fury Road, you know? Yeah. That is always the worry that George Miller is going to be the one that throws him, like, a lifeline one of these days. Yeah. Because they did kind of have, like, a career... They Their careers kind of started together. Mm-hmm. But, hey... Um, but I was thinking, I, I brought this quote up before, but I always think of the Patrice O'Neill quote about like how like white actors can kind of bounce back from flops a lot easier than black actors. Mm-hmm. Whereas like let let Denzel do Battlefield Earth and he'd be hosting a game show by now. Like, <laughs> which I think I'm like, yeah, that's probably right. Like that's just how it is. <laughs> and it's it's a we're in a weird spot with Will Smith. And yeah. And I, I, it's one of these things where, like, I don't think anyone saw it. Like, who saw that being the thing that was going to happen, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, it's, but it's also like, when was the last time he picked a good movie that was also a hit, right? Because I know you're the, you're the Gemini Man Defender. I am the Gemini Man Defender. But, like, but no yeah, one I, saw I wouldn't that. say that. Yeah. Bad, uh, bad Boys for Life. For, did make money, but also, like, kind of, like, I don't know. That was a weird one where, like, 
it made $400 million, and you are the only person I know who has seen it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, because I, I know, like, non-movie people here were like, they made another Bad Boys. It was so good. Maybe it's so. a West Coast thing. Maybe the East Coast doesn't give a shit. Yeah, maybe. Although, maybe. I'm from I'm from Philly, which is Will Smith territory. <laughs> yeah. So, but no one, can, like, no one I know even, I could bring that up and they don't even know it exists. Oh my god, you know what else I forgot? Aladdin, which is, you know, I yeah. remember watching uh, God Bless Guy Ritchie movies, but, like, I, I have no interest in that. Yeah, like, but a financial hit, but, like, a bad movie. People, yeah, people really liked him in that movie, from what I understand. Did they? You know? Yeah. You know, I never saw it. Or maybe I did. If I did, I barely remember it. Yeah. But I do remember um, when that trailer dropped and people were horrified. It was one of those early, like, the special effects aren't done trailers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember? And then... They, of course. They, they got that one better, <laughs> I guess. But before that um, was Bright, which uh, maybe is instrumental no. in the collapse of Netflix. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, it was also like a terrible movie. Before that, yeah, they really put all their chips in that one. Collateral Beauty. Remember Collateral oh, Beauty? I do. It's, it's like a book of Henry level yeah, disaster. It's like book of Henry shit. Suicide Squad, which is bad. But you know what? I'm willing to say that is also a book of Henry style. Yeah, disaster. you're probably right. Uh, Two back to back movies. Three back to back movies that are just fucking atrocious. Like, I bet I'm going to watch Aladdin one day and be like, yeah, whatever. You know, there was his brother. Right. Collateral Beauty and Suicide Squad are three of the worst movies ever. Yeah, made. and again, and now at this point, we're like we're already back in 2016 with these movies. You know, like think of like a guy who is as big as Will Smith and hasn't made a good movie in that stretch of time. You know, mm-hmm. and then we go back another year. We have Concussion, which you know what I've never seen. Concussion. I it, remember I saw it, and I remember nothing of it. Yeah, it didn't make money. It was a p- early play of his. Like, Academy Award play. Like, he was trying to get an Oscar again. I don't even think he was nominated, though. Uh, and it was one of those that kind of got buried because of the whole, like, NFL is the most powerful organization in America, apparently. Yeah. So, And then there's a movie... Uh, do you have a list up in front of you? Don't open I do. Okay, so this is a movie, so you know what I'm about to say, that is, like, the last time Hollywood did this, which is they made a vehicle explicitly for Will Smith and Margot Robbie just to help set up that they're going to be in Suicide Squad a year from now. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason Focus exists. Right? Yep. A movie that people defended when it came out. I I, I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing that happened in that movie. <laughs> um, did you see Focus? I saw it way back when it came out, yeah. And I thought it was, like, fine. Yeah. At the time, I I don't know, but um, no memory. You know, I do kind of miss movies like that, where it's just like completely star vehicles. Yeah, well, there know? should there should be more movies like that, really, to just show off what a star does. But also, that movie doesn't, I don't think, showcase Will Smith very well. Mm-hmm. Like, if if it did, I would at least be able to talk about. Hey, remember when Will Smith did that in the movie? Yeah, I mean that's probably a bad sign that no one's talked about that in, in since it came out. And I know? think it's this weird thing Will Smith had where he doesn't like his public persona in a weird way, you know, like mm-hmm. I, just, I always think of just this, how different the character of agent J is in the first men in black and the second men in black. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, like the first men in black, he's like, kind of like, he's the more naive, but like, he's got like a human side to him. Right. Or he's like, mm-hmm. 
uh, Tommy Lee Jones is like the old by the book guy, and he's like, Huck, you can't flash her that much. That's going to do brain damage to her and shit like that. And it's like he cares, you know, because he's the young guy. He still has some humanity to him. And then by the second one, he's like, he can't hold down a partner. He's like got a reputation of firing people, you know, like, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing to give his character. Like, he's a completely different guy by the second one, you know? Yeah. And that likability just gets stretched away. And then, like, the third one is even kind of about why he doesn't have that likability, which was never part of his character. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, then before Focus, um, he was Lucifer in Winter's Tale. Oh, yeah, which is just a legendary meme yeah. at this point. Uh, he also produced Annie, which was supposed to star his daughter. And then his daughter was like, I don't want to be an actress anymore. And at least Will Smith was like a cool enough father to be like, okay, then you don't have to be. But um, that was designed to be a Willow Smith vehicle. Mm. Um, he had a cameo in Anchorman 2 after Earth which was another one of people being like what the fuck is this yeah it was the movie that I was like oh well Smith let me down again but M. Night Shyamalan might still have some juice mm-hmm. and I was right yeah yeah, uh, yeah Men in Black 3 which is Men in Black 3 Jesus, which like, yeah um, which is that movie that they reshot like all of and like was kind of a nightmare to make yeah like I, I, I think it's fine um, yeah I'm not a fan I, of it. I, but people really love it. And I was like, why? Yeah, I don't get, I don't get either side, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then he, th- he didn't do a movie for four years between men in black three, partly because that production went so long. Mm-hmm. And, but then he has seven pounds, which is another like book of Henry level disaster. Yeah. And Hancock. Which is an okay movie, I would argue, that kind of just I, falls apart. I like that movie until yeah, like, everyone does. The end. Everyone <laughs> does. I think it's Peter Berg's best yeah. movie outside of like almost the a Michael Mann film, by the way. Yep. Which is the yep. other thing. Um, you can Mann, see I, the moments where he would have excelled. Yeah. Too. Michael Mann doing a superhero film might have changed the trajectory of cinema. Yeah, like that, honestly, it really could have. And I mean, one, he would have made he would have made Nolan obsolete with Dark Knight. Yeah, and I, I don't say that like out of like any sense of negativity. I'm just saying like he, he's doing what Michael Mann did. Yeah, or he's trying to, you know. But also Hancock, another character where it's like he's a washed up alcoholic who everyone hates and he hates everyone. Like, why does he keep getting attracted to those characters? We talked about this in the Wild Wild West episode where he plays Jim West, which is a guy who's just an asshole to everyone, you know? Yeah. Like. He says some truly horrific racist shit. Truly horrific shit, and it's deeply unlikable. And then there's I Am Legend before that, which is another one where it's kind of like that movie's kind of a mess. Yeah. Probably his best performance in a blockbuster. Honestly, yeah, maybe. Completely wasted in that movie, but. Uh, the Pursuit of Happiness, the other Oscar play. Yeah, uh, which people still have a fondness for. I have not seen it since it came out. You know what? I, I don't really never, remember it. I, I don't want to be rude to this movie. I've never been able to get through it. That's like, fine. I always kind of get bored. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I don't know. Well, I mean, hey, look at, this isn't always the case, but look at the director. We'll see what else he's done. Oh, it's, it's the same dude who does Seven Pounds. Okay, so, I did like, not know that. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's done, like, movies I've never 
heard of. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not I'm not saying just because he's made bad movies doesn't mean he only makes bad movies, but I'm saying sometimes, you know, you, you can read sometimes the Sometimes it's leaves. not something you have to reckon with. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. Pursuit of Happiness was, but it was weird where like Pursuit of Happiness was like a massive financial hit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was kind of like, People were like, have you seen The Pursuit? I remember, like, it was the thing where when a Will Smith movie dropped, it was like, we had to stop. Everyone had to stop and go see it, you know? Mm-hmm. It was that for a while. Like, I think After Earth is like the last time that really happened, you know? Yeah. And like Suicide Squad, it kind of happened, but I think that's because that was like, there was a lot of other things at play there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and then before that, it's like Hitch, which that's a movie that's aged incredibly weird. It it has. Again, people have a fondness for Hitch. Yeah. I kind of do, too, even though it's, like, not really a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's got its moments, though. Um, but it's kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? He's at least kind of likable in that one. Yeah, like, the 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 conflict is him having to get over, like, being unlikable for for um like uh, being like the the ultimate pickup artist basically. Well, here's right? what's weird about that movie. Let's just do a little hitch talk. Okay, <laughs> this is what the people hitch. come to the podcast for. Yes, again, people like hitch, so I think people will actually enjoy this. So, hitch seems like on the surface it has a very obvious setup, right? Mm-hmm. Which is he is a professional date doctor, which is a nice way to say pickup artist. <laughs> But, you know, to be fair, he there's a point in the movie where, like, that guy's like, I just want to get with this woman to bang her, you know? And he's like, I don't do that. I set up relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, I understand that for some – like, his whole thing is that for some people, starting the relationship is the hard thing. I can get it started for you, and then you're on your own, and then you can do it after that, right? Which is, like, kind of like a whitewashing of pickup artistry. <laughs> So it seems like the setup for the movie would be like, he's this perfect date doctor. He can get anyone for anyone. But when he tries to do it, it doesn't work, right? That seems like what the obvious setup of that movie should be, you know? But that's not what the movie's about. No. (laughs) He pursues Eva Mendes and it basically works. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. There's some hiccups, like he... he, uh, does he kick her in the head, or does she kick him in the head when they go jet skiing? I think he kicks her in the head, but so I, he I haven't kicks, seen it in a long time. He kicks her in the head, and then they go to Ellis Island, and he has it set up where like her great-grandfather's uh, name is going to be in the book, right? Mm-hmm. Like He did all that research to like wow her, and it backfires on him because it turned out her great-grandfather was like a murderer. <laughs> Do you remember this? No. It's like this is honestly a great joke in this movie. <laughs> well, like she reacts really strongly, which you would expect, but then she kind of overreacts and runs away. And he's like, "Well, I, I didn't want that to happen." And then it cuts to them at like a diner, and he's like, "I just read Butcher of Cadiz. I thought he was a butcher." <laughs> <laughs> like that's re- that's genuinely funny. <laughs> yeah. And then he had, like, food poisoning on the second date, right? Oh, that I remember. That was a big trailer moment, too. Yeah, where he looks in the trailer and he's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. it was, like, great Will Smith yelling. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, his whole face is puffed up. And 
again, it's like, okay, so like it does like for whatever reason, he can't make it work. That's what it feels like the movie should be about, but it's not. But it's kind of about how she's a reporter who's looking for the date doctor, but just happens to start dating him. Like it's pure coincidence, mm-hmm. right? It has it honestly has nothing to do with what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> like it's close. You could remake Hitch. You really could and it make it tighter. Like, it feels like at one point it was one of the scripts I'm describing, and then they just changed it. Yeah. Well, the B plot is Kevin James trying to get with us, a, a, like, big-time celebrity. Yeah, yeah. And it's just Kevin James being Kevin James. Yeah. And it's like, like hey, I, I liked Kevin James, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, Kevin James, when he does his shtick, it works. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, overdo it. Like, and, you Homer know, the- Cop is, like, his shtick on bath salts, but... Yeah. When he, like, there's a good scene of him where he's just sitting on the stairs, like, eating a hot dog, and, like, everything that could go wrong goes wrong. <laughs> and it's, like, really simple, but, like, he sells it, you know? Yeah. He does have a great moment. There's a great... I'm sorry, I have to just quote a funny scene from Hitch. No, no, this is the Hitch podcast now. Where, where Smith goes to apologize to Allegra Cole, who's the celebrity Kevin James wants to get with. And it's also this moment at the end where it's like, oh, wait, none of my stuff actually worked like that's not why you guys fell in love it was him i just gave him the confidence right and it's supposed to be like oh I, people just need confidence like and all my shit's bullshit like <laughs> which again is like not what the movie's about but it still happens yeah yeah you and, can and, see how the threads should connect yeah it's like there's all these threads that are so obvious and should connect and don't and the movie is just kind of things happening for two hours <laughs> But uh, then, so he goes to apologize, and it's like they're kind of having a laugh about, like, oh, I'm actually a fraud. Kevin James was actually, he did all of it on his own. And then Kevin James shows up, like, coincidentally, and he's like, so this was your plan the whole time? Sailing to the sunset with my girl? And he tackled him. And then he's like, no, no, he was apologizing. <laughs> Kevin Smith, I mean, Kevin James sells that really well. Yeah. There's good moments in that movie. It's not a good it. movie, but it's got some it's got some stuff to it. And there's a rom-com that made $370 million, which would never happen today. No, we have to bring it back. We I don't know if we have to, but it I would be I, nice I think we if there were to. good rom-coms again. Yeah. I liked uh, uh, Trouble in Paradise. Oh yeah, I've heard some people year. say good things about that. Yeah, it's from the director who made Mamma Mia 2, so it was like solid, you know. Okay. Although Mamma Mia 2 is, like, a masterwork. But, <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm not totally on the Mamma Mia train, but I did like the Mamma Mia movies. Okay, okay. I, I like the second one significantly more than the first, for what it's worth. Uh, and since we're already here, let's talk about Shark Tale and iRobot. Yeah, like, oversaturation <laughs> is, like, 2004, where it's, like, iRobot and Shark Tale. Yeah. Which is, like, the first time people be like, is the Will Smith thing done? Like, it, he's making money, but both those movies weren't reviewed very well. Yeah, even though iRobot is good and Shark iRobot Tale... iRobot is garbage, and Shark Tale is a train wreck. Shark Tale is... It kind of is, but it's, I think it's really funny. I think Shark Tale, though, was one of those ones where it was going to be a Jack Black movie, and then Will Smith comes in, and they retool it to be a Will Smith movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those. And why'd they make the fish look like Will Smith? <laughs> I don't know. You you like Shark Tale? You think Shark Tale's funny? I remember thinking it was funny. I haven't seen it in a long time. The only joke I really remember from it is uh, the guy living in the trash can who's like, I'm his financial advisor. <laughs> 
That's the only joke from that movie I remember. Martin Scorsese's in that movie. Martin Scorsese is in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> As a, that's like peak DreamWorks stunt casting. Yeah. I mean, this is the DreamWorks face. Yeah. After oh, Shrek, you know, this he, is the one he that made it. Yeah, he made the DreamWorks face. Yeah. That's where they kept using it, even though it clearly didn't work with that movie. Yeah. Um, I just remember having, like, that movie's the one where it's like, there's about 20,000 puns in that movie. Like Katie Current. Yeah, that's funny. No, it's not. I think it's funny. <laughs> Voiced by uh, Katie Couric herself. Um, it seems like it was a movie that was like pitched as like The Sopranos, but with sharks. And then uh, Jack Black's vegetarianism was going to be a metaphor for him being gay. And then they just made a Will Smith movie instead. <laughs> Ah, well, you know, sometimes collaborations don't work out too well. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, the the collaboration with Ali and Michael Mann and Will Peter Smith Falk worked out wonderfully. Peter Falk is in Shark Tale. Wait, what? Peter Falk is Don Feinberg, an elderly leper shark. Oh, my God. He probably has like three lines in that goddamn movie. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, fucking... My uh, Michael Imperili, he's a uh, fucking Jack Black's brother, fucking Christopher. You know that makes sense. That that is like a slam dunk casting. Yeah, but I don't think of that when I think of that movie. No, no, I didn't say that. I'm just saying, like, oh, there's Angelina Jolie is in the movie and like adds nothing to the plot. Oh yeah, no, no, there's no reason for her to be in that movie. Yeah, Renee Zellweger, starting her career of uh, doing weird DreamWorks movies. <laughs> Oh yeah, B movie. Yeah, she did B movie. I, I think she's the only repeat in the in the thing in the DreamWorks era, and she picked two of the strangest ones. Uh, and then but... also, we forget he had a cameo in the Kevin Smith film Jersey Girl. I did forget that because I have not seen that in probably the same amount of time as I haven't seen Shark Tale or Hitch. And you know, Kevin Smith, who likes to talk shit about everybody, I don't think I've heard him talk shit about Will Smith directly. But he has made some comments. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know any of uh, The only thing I know is that he was on a podcast to talk about uh, Wild Wild West, right? Mm-hmm. And the main reason he was on there was because of the John Peters thing, right? Yeah, his, like, maybe the greatest joke ever. Yeah, the greatest story, Hollywood story of all time yeah. is that. Um, and he... He never brings up that he worked with Will Smith, which is odd, right? Mm-hmm. You would think he would bring that up at some point. But he also seems to be trying to lay, from what I remember of this podcast, he was trying to lay the groundwork to be like, Will Smith is kind of the one to blame for why Wild Wild West turned out the way it did. Because he has he had that power. He, he shapes all these movies. Again, we just talked about with where Shark Tale feels like it was a completely different movie that got reshaped, and Hitch feels like it was about 12 different movies that got reshaped, right? Mm-hmm. He has this recurring thing in his career where once he's hired for a movie, it gets, like, totally retooled at some point, you know? Yeah. I mean, Hancock is, like, probably the biggest example of that. And then that's the reason why he doesn't do Django Unchained, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That Quentin was like, he's going to take over this fucking movie. <laughs> and it's an odd... And Ali, 
is probably the last time he gave himself over to a director like this. Where it's just like it he to it doesn't become the Will Smith like the Will Smith Ali movie that would have come three years later from now would have been like all like the, the all the the race stuff is like the minimal you know yeah yeah and then it's all just the boxing stuff and it's all him going and like razzling fucking Howard Cosell <laughs> 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 that would have been the the version of Ali made three years later. You know, mm -hmm. and probably would have done better at the box office. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And it's, this is the last window of Will Smith where it feels like he turned himself over to a director a little bit. You know, and I'll be is honest, there another example that you can think of? No, 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 no. There's not. But I'll be honest. I think the only reason he even gave himself that much over to a director is because it's Michael Mann. That's oh, not yeah, even yeah. because of because of, of of Will Smith any anything he's bringing to the table. That's just Michael Mann. Um, and I'm gonna paraphrase Will Smith here, uh, or quote him directly. He said, "The like the education he had to go on to undergo the transformation into Muhammad Ali basically had to rewire his brain mm. to get the vocal mannerisms, like the pacing of his words and dialect. Like that's another thing about Will Smith. Just to talk about is he is someone where he talks about like what he does to." get ready for a movie it sounds like he breaks himself for every movie he does when he talks about it yeah i'm not saying he really does it but that's what he talks about and it's like when you look at his body of work you're like you don't need to go that hard dude yeah. <laughs> like, i'm gonna give it to him this time because but it's like, you know <laughs> i honestly remembered being like i like this movie i don't know if will smith was the right choice for ali but he does like he does a fine enough job like that was my takeaway going into it you know mm -hmm. and re-watching it he does a fantastic job like i i think i think this is his best performance it, it might be yeah like we talked about like the well the other best performances of his career like what are his great performances um and, i'm not joking mm -hmm. i robot okay i, 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 I think like, he's I great robot, i robot I, <laughs> I, I do think he gives a good performance in that. I think that movie is just built poorly. Um, I know you don't like Independence Day. I think in terms of like blockbuster stuff, like it's not as layered as I Am Legend, which again he's terrific in, as I've I've said constantly, because he's so fucking good in that movie. God damn it! Um, Independence well, Day is like the blockbuster charisma performance. The charisma he brings to Independence Day is the reason that movie made eight hundred million dollars. Yeah. Like, Independence Welcome Day would have done well, he pushes it to $800 million. Yeah, yeah. But Men in Black, I think, is, like, the performance you can go, that's a good performance, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, like, of course, great in the first Men in great. Black. And I, I think he's good in I Am Legend, which is just a poorly built movie, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know if he's really good. Is he good in Hancock? I think he's good in Hancock. I really I do. I think he does the job in Hancock, but I don't know if I I, I don't know if he's like a hundred percent there. But again, no, that's no, no. I buy I buy his change over the course of the movie from scumbag to guy who can do better for himself and other people around him. You know what it is? You know what it really is for me? Hmm. I, I I just and this is going to sound weird when we started this discussion talking about the slap, but I don't really buy Will Smith as a scumbag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what you're saying. Like, because, you know, there's Suicide Squad and Bright and shit. Like, I don't buy them there. I buy it with Hancock. Mm. Okay. I, I don't really know why. I haven't, like, taken time to think about it, but I, I 
I buy it there. I don't buy it basically when he's done it anytime after. Well, you like no. the Bad Boys movies, right? I love the Bad Boys movies. He's great in those. Is he a scumbag in those, or is he just kind of like a badass? Uh, he's a badass who, who he doesn't realize he's veering into scumbag territory. The second okay. one, which is, of course, you know, the most repulsive, beautiful film ever made. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I, here's what I'm saying. I'm going to rewatch those as soon as we finish recording. You should. So that's uh, going to be my movie night tonight. In Bad Boys for Life, he is genuinely good. Okay. I think that's also one of his best performances. Like just, genuinely, I like bad... I can recommend it. I'm not going to make an argument here that he's a bad actor. I just like when it comes to like transcendent performances. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, I think most people would agree with that, frankly. Like, people still liked his his like. Oh, Will Ali Smith has another movie coming f- out. You know, at least one of the few times where like he kind of tried to become someone. You know. Yeah. And he doesn't concussion is the other one, but that doesn't really go anywhere, you no. know? Yeah. Um, which I don't have, I don't have a strong concussion take. So, um, but other than maybe we should look into why shit keeps happening to NFL players. Yeah. Hmm. But, hmm. but hey, or maybe it could direct people to a little movie called the last boy scout. Hey, Oh yeah. That movie did do that like 20 years before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is what keeps happening in Hollywood. Is that someone will make like a, a, a semi radical critical film about something in like a various industry or like political context, and then twenty years later, someone will be like, "Hey, we should do a movie about that because it's never been talked about before." Yeah, it's like no, it just you just don't pay attention to it. It happens. It's fine. You don't have to apologize. Yeah. Just, you know, shit, shit happens. Yeah, take, take a second, do some research. You I still think do that funny. movie. Just, I know. just think it's funny that this movie, Ali, comes out. And, like, a lot of the reviews feel like people going, why is this Ali movie so political? And it's like... <laughs> he, like he defied the draft. Like, <laughs> he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Like, he's one of the most overtly political sports figures of all time. Like... <laughs> It's just funny to me that people were kind of like, I can't believe this. Like, why did they focus so much on the politics of Ali? Yeah, yeah that's that's fucking ridiculous. And this movie is also coming in the wake of uh, the documentary When We Were Kings, which I've brought up. Have you seen it? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I think it's on. I think it's on Criterion right now. Um, and Criterion put out a copy of it recently, which was uh, one of the first like. It, that was the first time it have been, like, re-released in, like, forever. Like, I had it on VHS up until, like, five years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. It was the only way I could really watch it. Um, and it's a great documentary specifically about the Rumble in the Jungle fight, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just about that. And it, I believe it won an Academy Award for Best Documentary. Um, yeah, yeah, it was one of those, like, crossover hit documentaries. It made $2 million dollars at the box office which doesn't normally happen for documentaries in the 90s no no it uh, fucking doesn't happen now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah one uh one uh best uh documentary in 96 for the academy awards so really outstanding it's really a good documentary but that is more just like it's about the fight you know it's yeah. about all the shit that went into putting the fight together all the characters involved um, it does open though with Muhammad Ali saying "Goddamn America," <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of the most political that documentary gets. 
Yeah, well, like, but, some of the uh, responses I'm seeing, like, critically from the time was, like, USA Today gave it two and a half stars out of four and said, like, you know, maybe good enough for Ali fans. But, you know, the documentaries, a.k.a. Cassius Clay and When We Were Kings, like, you know, they cover a lot of the same ground and it's consistently more engaging, which mm-hmm. is maybe, like, the worst take you could ever have about a movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's it would be weird to be in that time. Like I can't put myself back in what it was like. Because also, it is like a big deal that it's like this is the Ali movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's such an important figure that I don't know if there was a movie that could have met those expectations totally. Yeah. But also, man did take it in a direction I think was unexpected. Yeah. I think everyone expected the Ali movie to start with Ali as a child. And the story about, like, he got his bike stolen, and his parents were like, you have to learn to defend yourself, so go train for boxing, so in case someone tries to steal your stuff again, you can take it back. Like, that's the, like, obvious way to start an Ali movie. Yeah. And I would say, that's not even a bad way to start the Ali movie, you know? Not the worst. It's not the worst. But it's also, like, the obvious one, you know? Yeah. And I think also Man probably understood where it's like, I can't do this guy's whole career. I can only do X number of stuff and cover all the important things he did, you know? Mm-hmm. I think this movie basically covers about a decade of his life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, it goes from like he 60... got married three times in a decade. That's kind of fucking wild. What was that? He got married three times in a decade. That's kind of yeah, fucking wild. Yeah, you know. Hey, guys, people are complicated. <laughs> oh, boy, are they. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Although, I wonder... I don't know. I think... Uh, his like getting married. I think they kind of condensed some of the the getting married stuff. Like the 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 third relationship that comes up in this movie is more just like this is what's coming. But I think he got married like a few years later. You know, like that divorce happens later. Um, but I don't know. That's and then of course at the end of the movie even ends with like and that relationship ended in divorce. <laughs> like yeah. it's a little epilogue of the movie. So. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, but uh, we can you know, talk I about think... the opening because it, talk about like unconventional, yeah. Like the rhythm to it, it's there. There used to be this amazing Michael Mann video essay on YouTube that has since been taken down. It was it was a there was no narration to it. It was simply matching the rhythms, the the recurring <laughs> themes and imagery in Michael Mann movies. It was like sixteen minutes long. I would watch it like all the fucking time. It was so good. It comes out pre-Black Hat. Is it um, anywhere? Like, is it on, like... There is a condensed thing? version available. Okay. On a, I, I found it after searching fruitlessly for someone else who had uploaded it. Mm-hmm. Uh, WGA fucking took it down, fuckers. Of course. Um, but... So I, I will link it in the description for All people right. to I'll watch like to it. watch that. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll send it to you after this, too. Um, <laughs> it's terrific. It, it, it's, like, five minutes instead of the 16th, so it's not the full p- picture, but... Um, Watching that and then revisiting Ali, it's like the same vibe. And I mean that in the yeah. best way possible. This person completely captured the tone of the opening of this movie. And Michael Mann, I think, completely captured the tone of like, all right, we're, we're in the thick of it. We're experiencing all these different sensory feelings. versus The sounds, if the life of Ali. If there's any criticism I have, and this isn't even like a big criticism, is I don't think the rest of the movie is as good as the first 30 minutes of this movie. I I would agree, and I, I think that's 
that's how everyone feels. Yeah, like it's like the the beginning of this movie is incredible, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think people are just thrown by it. Like it is in in two thousand one. This is a weird way to start a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. we're already at him fighting Sonny Liston, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we're already at all this shit. Like we we go through like there's it is such a quick montage of like fucking where does Bundy Brown come in you know like uh, just like a moment where it's like yep this is where he showed up and this is where he showed up and this is where we get the uh, brief shot of him as a child where the the guy shoves the newspaper in his face mm-hmm. about the Emmett Till murders which is a wild moment yeah like, and it's just it's just like all set to him jogging and fucking sam cook it's just like what the fuck man like yeah it's oh my god it's terrific the if you wanted to like capture like a a particular vibe Mm. of like all these different subjects that the movie covers like there's no better way to open the movie i never would have thought of this you know yeah like no i don't know anyone who would have thought of this besides michael Mann. (laughs) yeah and then it's like we see him and now we like we see like the beginnings of him falling in with like the nation of islam and malcolm x and for the first hour of this movie, it's like basically that Malcolm X is like a co-lead of the movie, mm-hmm. like which is crazy to think about. Yeah, and a very different portrayal of Malcolm X than what you would expect in a movie. Mm-hmm. Played by Mario Van Peebles, who does a great job. And it's weird to watch Malcolm X. A, there's a lot of scenes in Malcolm X where he isn't being scary. <laughs> Which it feels like every other white director on the planet would just find find an excuse to make Malcolm X scary the whole movie. Of right? course, you know. I mean, how often do you still hear that? Well, Professor X is Martin Luther King Jr. and Magneto is Malcolm X, and it's like that's wrong on so many levels. <laughs> well, I, I'm not saying that's true, but isn't wasn't that the intent of that comic though? I think that was like I'm not that, saying that it's was accurate kind of a, to history. Just that, that was they, a a retroactive thing i think they tried to explain that that was their intention i I don't know how accurate that is it matches the neoliberal politics of the early marvel stuff you know yes like denounce like denouncing bigotry but also being like hey don't get too radical you know which maybe makes the current crop of marvel movies the most like comic accurate shit ever but whatever whatever we're not here to do that um, but that, that was a big, you know, that's that's the that's why it's cool. We're in the X Men comics of for a while. Magneto was good and was actually teaching the X Men, mm-hmm. you know, of like how do I have keep my radical beliefs but also keep Charles Xavier's dream alive. And that was like that was cool, and then he became a villain again because Grant Morrison was pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, hey, that's a whole other story. Rare uh, Grant Morrison L. No, that that's kind of I kind of get where he was coming from there, mm. where he was he was not happy with Marvel, <laughs> mm. but hey, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Malcolm X not being terrifying all the time to white people, like we see him in a domestic setting and we see him at like kind of a low point, you know, of mm-hmm. like he he's lost kind of his power because it's the nation of Islam kind of maneuvering around him, you know? Yeah. And being like, we can't afford to have Malcolm X as part of the organization anymore. And we see a scene where like, you know, fucking Ali turns his back on him. And like, that's a weird, like, I just can't think of a movie where it's like a scene like that with Malcolm X happens, you know, mm-hmm. where he's, he's, uh, you can see he's hurt. Like, you know, 
he's not the so few movies shy away from portraying Malcolm X as a human being. Yeah. Who had like a wife and had friends and the fallout between him and Ali like hurt him as a person and it hurt Ali as well, you know? Yeah. And that's where we see this movie what this movie is really about which is about these the the forces of the US government manipulating Muhammad Ali. <laughs> And his fight against it, his fight yeah. for his own like autonomy and identity. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of how do you how do you maintain yourself when you become because he becomes this lightning rod, right? Like Ali, because he's the greatest, everyone wants a piece of him. The nation of Islam wants a piece of him. The government wants a piece of him, and it's all these people trying to control him and marginalize him and who he can be. And it's a it's a movie about his journey to find out how do I maintain my autonomy and how do I use my standing for like social good right mm-hmm. that's what the movie is about and i guess people just didn't want that <laughs> yeah yeah and like we see this a lot with movies like this isn't like isolated to just ollie but like people have a, a preconceived notion about like well this movie is like clearly going to try to do this like this movie's about this plot or whatever this character yeah. so it has to be like this and if it's not it doesn't matter if it's successful in what it was trying to do. People will reject it immediately, mm-hmm. you know. And some people can go back to it later and be like, "Oh, I was wrong. What this movie's doing is special in its own yeah. way," you know. Um, but if people just don't like it up front, it's going to take a second for for people to find it. And this has like a, a commemorative uh, a Blu-ray release now. Mm. Like it, it, it's a new version of it. There's the director's cut from after this movie's initial release, and then in 2017 is the commemorative cut, um, which is basically available everywhere now, I believe. Yeah. Um, Because Michael Mann likes to go back and re-edit his stuff, which is, uh, you know, hey, whatever. I think one of the versions, it's where it, like, gets shorter and gets longer at one point, like, the length of the movie um, between edits. Um, And it's also, like, he put more scenes of the government in some of the versions. Yeah, he he cut one fight from uh, the most recent version of it. Yeah, yeah. How, man, my, man is weird with the editing. Like, he I'm is wrong. It's just like it's odd, like how he keeps tinkering with his movies. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Black Hat uh, Michael Mann cut is not like available anywhere yet, and it will not be available in the upcoming 4K release of Black Hat that's coming out. Which later makes that entirely worthless, in my opinion. No, but, no, it's still worth it. It's just um. Uh, uh, the quote one of the people from the that production company were saying was that it wasn't for lack of trying and i i don't know anything more than that but oh. it must be some like maybe the universal or something is like who gives a fuck don't don't touch anything because <laughs> that was a universal movie so. i'm not happy about it i'm not happy about it either i'm not yeah. blaming anyone i'm just saying like that sucks it should and be available. i will not be buying that 4k no also the cover art sucks it's not. It's not the best. No. Not the best. No. I'm glad some people were trying. Apparently, but that's. I'm not going to give you money just for trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's not half-assed this time. It's just like, okay, this one didn't work. I can. I prefer that, you know, than another floating head poster. Yeah. Which is all what posters are now. Well, Michael Mann, you just have it. Just has to say black hat, and it just has to be like a fucking circuit board or something. Yeah, I mean, I like the original poster that the movie had with like the uh, Chris Hemsworth and Black it's, Cat it, in the center, and then it's it like it, it makes it look 
It, it makes it look like a barcode on the bottom of the poster, which is but so also cool. like I like the the one uh, Heat Blu-ray that is just the Los Angeles skyline. Oh but, yeah, like they just do that with man. Like don't, you don't need any actors on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you kind of don't. You don't need to get creative with it at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he he is such like a minimalist, like yeah. what he puts in his frames. It's all like these big ethereal like ideas yeah. and themes and like And that's why scope. Red Dragon is visually better than Manhunter. I fucking I'm gonna beat the nostalgia critic. <laughs> it's so wild that that was like his deciding factor. Like can you imagine being that wrong? You know, I've never been wrong, so I wouldn't know. But like but like that wrong. <laughs> yeah, like criminally wrong. wrong. It's like, because like here's the thing: someone could come to me and be like, "Look, I just like Red Dragon more, right?" And like they're wrong, but um, you know, whatever. But to be like, it came down to the visuals, <laughs> and it was like, well, Red I remember, I remember seeing his criticism about Manhunter too. Also, where he was like, "Well, Graham's just standing in front of a, a blank white wall in like a corner full of dead flowers." I don't like, remember hey. anything visually about Manhunter. Yeah, and I'm like, "Hey, maybe that's the image." Yeah, you just described. That's the image he's conveying. There might be a reason for that. It's it's not even it's not fucking subtle either, which is so fucking stupid. I will say, Ali, like stuff happens so. Like, not, not just quickly, but so, like, visually. Like, it doesn't call attention to itself visually very much. Mm-hmm. But it's doing some truly incredible shit. Like, with the lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time man's experimenting with digital cameras, too. Like, you mentioned the yeah, jogging yeah. stuff in the opening of the movie. Which all shot on, like, what at the time were, like, $200 cameras. Consumer-grade <laughs> cameras. Now you could probably get them on eBay for, like, $25. Hey. Um, so it's like they're all... Yeah, I mean, hey, go fucking go nuts with them. I'm not, I'm not saying that's negative at all. Um, and Michael Mann has this quote about like when he's filming uh, Will Smith overlooking like the night sky with the cameras, and he's like, "Oh, I just feel like I'm right there." And it was because they're doing the digital photography now, and like you can do so much more, so much faster, and it, like it changes his whole approach to movie making, basically. Well, not not whole approach because Michael Mann definitely still has his. Um, his way of making things, you know? Is this, like, the beginning of that, though? Like, is this the beginning of that shift in him? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So the other movie we've covered of Man's is The Insider. Yeah, yeah. Which is just before Ali. Uh, another Oscar play that didn't really go anywhere. No. But they they all fucking shut up. His 90s run is, like, untouchable. This one actually... This movie actually flopped, though. Like... I mean, critically, but yeah. No, no, it didn't make money. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, th- this one didn't make money. Yeah. I think Insider did a... The Insider flop? I can't Insider even remember. I, talk. I know. Um, we fucking talked yeah. about it, too. I don't remember. Yeah, it didn't make money. Well, it's one of those things where it's like... It's like, man, makes an unimpeachably great movie. I don't even give a shit if it made money. You know? It's like, this is undeniably a good movie. Yeah, which is how we should be talking about movies, you know? Yeah. Well, sometimes it is, like, I want to know what the general public response was, but, like, also, I'm, like, with man, I'm just kind of, like, fuck the public. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's the further reading aspect of it. Like, I mean, the big discussion about Avatar 2 was everyone was watching the box office, but it wasn't because we wanted it to beat whatever. I mean, some sure some people did, but no one was, like, I hope it beats whatever, Titanic and Avengers. And sh-. It was just, like, are we going to get those sequels? 
And now not only did it make enough to get the immediate sequels, we can like kind of hype ourselves up. Like, are there, is there more? Mm. Would, would he want to do more? You know? But yeah, I agree with you. Like, I don't, I don't care that Black Hat is like one of Universal's biggest bombs ever. Like, I mm. love that movie. I, I can, I can see that movie now or ever on, on my Blu-ray or uh, the, the, the director's cut copy that I have on my hard drive. Um, <laughs> but it's like. Are you advertising people come to your home and steal your hard drive? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but I do love that film Twitter rallied around each other for like that one week at a time. Yeah. And I was like, hey, everyone, what's your emails if you're curious about what I have in my Google Drive today? If you want like a link or downloadable file to something that is a little harder to track down at the moment because it's been taken off of every possible viewing uh, option. But hey, you know. Ali. Ali. Um, uh, Emmanuel Lubezki shoots the shit out of this. Yes. It's it's so fucking... It looks so fucking fantastic. The boxing is really great in this, too. It's so fucking different from, like, the brutality of something like Raging Bull, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't have, like, the... Like, the sportsmanship of, like, the Rocky stuff where you're, like, you're, you're cheering and hollering. Like, it's... It's not just he's photographing like a fight with two characters. There's like, it almost feels like you're watching like ballet or something, mm. you know? Like you're just watching like these bodies like in motion, like dancing around each other and like into each other. Like it's it's a very interesting viewing experience for me. I I, I don't see boxing shot well, like Ollie this. Was such a unique boxer that it would have been a mistake to shoot the boxing a little more traditionally. You know, yeah. It'd just be like, here's him winning. Like that would have been a mistake. <laughs> you know what's what? You know what's another thing I think that was off putting about this movie is that a huge chunk of this movie is about Ali not being able to box. Like, yeah, that's, that's an odd choice. Like, which is probably another reason why people were turned off by it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, a huge chunk of this movie is like the government will not let him box, <laughs> <laughs> which is just kind of wild to think about. <laughs> It's like the, there's like there's like two boxing matches early on, and then it's like almost immediately goes into Nation of Islam stuff. Malcolm X gets assassinated, his first relationship, which I guess that's the other thing is that this is where uh, Will Smith meets Jada Pinkett. Yeah. So that's the beginning of that as well. Um, then it just goes into the government being like, we got to do something about Ali, and then it leads to the Vietnam thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what it is kind of wild that this movie like just goes like yeah the government like just totally trying to shut Ali up and yeah. weaken him by making him fight in Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like because it's it's a radical statement to say that that was the case. It also was you know yeah the yeah. case. Um, but like, but but it does feel like people still don't talk about like hey like no the government has done plenty of people shit they mm. they do try to shut like there's well the movie is hundred percent like. The government is responsible for the death of Malcolm X. Yeah. And I mean, that one's fucking... Yeah. yeah. And you can even see the scene where they're like, and look, here he is with uh, Martin Luther King. We gotta do something about him, too. And they never go that deep on the Martin Luther King stuff. By the way, fucking LeVar Burton as Martin Luther King Jr. in this. I know. You know what? Great casting choice. Great casting. I, I don't think he has any lines. No. But it's but a terrific, good, like... Good choice. Yeah, it's a terrific choice. There you go. Um... Yeah, it's uh, it, but like it is a thing of like the movie is the a large part of it is the government 
trying to weaken, uh, you know, and like any sort of civil rights movement. It's really what the movie's about, like mm. that they are they're pitting organizations against each other. I mean, it is they're fracturing the nation of Islam on purpose, right? Like mm. they are teaming up with Elijah Muhammad to help bring down Malcolm X, and then they're going to use that to help fucking get rid of Ali, and then they're going to go after Martin Luther King and. It's maybe a what reason why it's like maybe that's why there's never been this rallying point for the civil rights movement since then, you know, like mm-hmm. that it's like that sort of fracturing is just what they do constantly now. Uh, but the the wild card is Muhammad Ali, who was the undisputed greatest boxer of his era, you know, like no matter what you do, you couldn't take that away from him. Um, like we like I mean. Just a few years ago was the whole like Colin Kaepernick thing, right? Which was yeah. like the other example of like an undisputedly great athlete like being sidelined because he's protesting, you know. Mm-hmm. And but because that was football, no one, you know, you can't convince those people to believe in anything. Yeah, I mean, but, no, they just believe in like, hey, yeah, football is so flag. much about dehumanizing people. It really is. Yeah. I'm not even making a joke. No, 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 no. It is. It's just pure violence. It is a celebration of American brutality. And um, everything about how the athletes are even dressed is designed to obscure them as human beings. (laughs) People only really know quarterbacks and no one else on the team. Um. Like I'm not saying you're wrong, but I am also saying like if you're gonna like pummel into other people, like that you probably Super Bowl should wear a helmet. Pulled this year was such bullshit. Just with the oh yeah, fuck that. That was so evil. And I might be feeling a little stronger about this because the Eagles did lose in the Super Bowl <laughs> this year, so I maybe have some strong. No, no, no. Feelings. But what you're referring to is the the Pat Tillman bit, right? Yeah, which yeah. is like one of the most disgusting things we, I've ever seen put on television. And there will be there will be no consequences. There will be no complaints. The NFL will lose no money. Nothing will happen because every year people just going to sit down and watch football, you know. And and football is responsible for the end of democracy in the United States. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's somewhere like you know boxers. You know, it stands up the. It is the two people in the ring. We know who they are, and football is just human bodies being thrown against each other and used for the military machine. It's why it's in Starship Troopers, goddammit. <laughs> you know. And Attack of the Clones. And Yeah, you know what it is. Yeah, not even a joke. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Might be a point to that. Might be. Although, there, uh, allegedly, uh, one of Lucas's big things was he was obsessed with what kind of sports and entertainment people in the Star Wars galaxy watched. Like they like when they kept trying to make the Star Wars show in like the last years that he owned it, mm-hmm. they kept saying that like the budgets kept ballooning because he kept wanting to add sports to it. <laughs> and it got to the point where like an individual episode would cost as much as a movie. That's amazing. So Lucas, weird guy, that George Lucas. No, but hey, he's got his his like his ideas are always like at least sound foundationally. Yeah. And he's got the right mindset, like approaching this like world building stuff. Yeah. There's no reason not to at least meet with him before doing a Star Wars movie. You yeah. know? Yeah, Just be yeah. like, what would you do? And then you take the three good things he says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, hey. 
Uh, fuck football. I'm so angry now. <laughs> Pat Tillman thing. I mean, that thing really like. I was. I sat down to watch the game. I never watch football honestly. Like I'm just like I know my family really cares, and like that's how they started it. And I was basically like, I'm done. Yeah. Like it was, and uh, so. Yeah, I'm googling Pat Tillman right now. Super Bowl doesn't pop up. I have to type in Super Bowl. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah. No one cares. They really don't. I mean, right, here you go. Could... BuzzFeed reported on it at least. Yeah, but but who cares about Fucking... BuzzFeed anymore? No one. I know. I know. BuzzFeed actually does some fine reporting, but people are still kind of in the like BuzzFeed does the quizzes thing, yeah. which is like hasn't really been a part of their brand in about a decade. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, just we at some point we really need to do something about how bad the NFL is. Like, if we can't get any momentum there, like, we're not doing anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that that's, like, a giant dragon of, like, our culture, but it's, it's, at least every now and then people are throwing rocks at the entertainment industry. Like, football is just people. Not only do they not do anything, they rally behind it. And you know what it's gonna, you know what it's gonna take? One of these days, one of those fucking jets they fly over a stadium is gonna hit the stadium. Like, something's going to go wrong. That will happen one day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Law of averages. Mm-hmm. One day some fucking shit's going to go wrong, and then we're going to have to be like, should we be flying jets over stadiums? <laughs> it's like, why were we ever doing that? How could people complain about their tax dollars going to, like, schools and not, like, jets flying over stadiums? Yeah, recently I did hear, that, like, well, you know, like, when, uh, if a trans person goes to prison, like, the government does have to f- still continue funding, like, uh, their uh, medicine, medicine for transitions, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's where our tax dollars are going. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I would have, all right. I, 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 <laughs> like, I don't know who this person is, Diego, but I would have started swinging. <laughs> like, really, I, a, like, I got I close. I was, in, I was in a public setting. This is a while back now. I don't and give I a fuck. Like, it's it's that is a I'm blowing this conversation up. Maybe, maybe I should have killed that person. Yeah, like that right. is one of those where I'm like you fuck. Like that's that moment. You know, like I have that thing where it's just like reflexively like you're a fucking moron. Like I just say it at some point, <laughs> yeah. which doesn't de-escalate anything. No. But uh, I have my breaking point in that one. I'm now mad at this person. I will never meet. No, you should so, be. It is a stupid fucking statement. Yeah, I just like I just. Uh, picture i got that joe pesci in casino when he beats that guy at the bar yeah that it's like that image probably is the right man. approach yeah and i'm just like okay yeah no yeah and then you know just immediately now you mentioned it like my mind just cuts to the jets because it's not just like the super bowl like we do yeah. jet flight stuff here like the blue angels are like a popular like mm. thing in southern california yeah like why Why are we doing this? Yeah. This country is so addicted to war. Like, it really is. It's addicted to war. To, like, it is It is so disgusting. Addicted to war, symbols of power, you know? Stuff that, like, makes might feel right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's that's all this country, like, has. You know what I've been noticing? great we are. This is not to be, like, uh, like a uh, little... A little doom and gloom. I'm not trying to be with this, but there's something I was noticing. Um, there's been a lot of right wing attacks on the military lately. Have you noticed this? I have not. There's been a lot of this is what our military is now. It's too weak. They would never be able to stand up to Putin, right? Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of that lately. 
and it's a weirdly under-discussed thing, and it's a the, the our our military guys because now like our this is gonna sound but our military is in a sense progressive because they allow a diverse amount of people in, right? Mm-hmm. And we allow because we need a lot of different people in, you know. It's not, it's not a, they're not doing it for good reasons. They're doing it because it, it gets more bodies in the battle, right? Like, mm. I'm not trying to give our military a pass, but there's been a shit, you know, like our military is no longer the, like what it was in Vietnam, right? Of just like, we're going to break you and turn you into soldiers. There's a lot more emphasis on team building and shit like that. And they, they there's a lot, it's a lot looser with our troops. And this is being singled out as a mistake, right? That we're, <laughs> systematic abuse of our troops is no longer happening and that's a problem and not, again this is like the the it's like the catholic church thing which we Diego and I had a catholic church discussion before we started recording <laughs> about like yes they are doing progressive things but like it's on a gradient scale compared to the catholic church you know mm-hmm. like and i was like why are they going after the military so much and then it's like oh it's the police the police are an unregulated military arm now right Mm-hmm. And it's we are they, the right is gearing up to pit the police against the military. That's a hundred percent what's happening. That it we the military because the military is I mean the police are basically the military with no oversight and no consequences you know, mm-hmm. and it's like oh that's how they're going to get their own that's how the Republicans are going to get their own private army. It's they're going to just buddy up with the police. That's the play. And. Noticing that was pretty infuriating. <laughs> so, just there's a preview of what's to come, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Also, how many stories do we hear about like tax dollars that were lost when people blocked a highway? You know those, like they go around. Meanwhile, like every three fucking weeks, they shut down the highway right here because a cop died. You know. Oh, that must be fucking miserable. Yeah. You know when they do those like huge parades? You've seen videos of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do them constantly. Oh, they did a fucking massive one that, like, stretched for, like, miles and miles on a freeway, like, past me. But it was so fucking long and miserable that it it fucked up, like, transportation for, like, a day. What message is that sending to the community? It is not a message of support for this officer who died, right? No, no, it's saying that they're more important than everything else we're doing. Of power is 100% what it is. Yeah. It's because they are waging war on communities. Yeah. I mean, police are like the most deadly gang in the world. Ali from 2001 played a little better these days. (laughs) Before the September... Actually, no, right after the September 11th attacks. Maybe that's also why people didn't respond to it. You know what? Because... I I was trying to think of a way to bring it to to, to 9-11, but I was like, that's... that's, That'll do it. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, you know, it's a lot about the nation of Islam and stuff like that. And it's not like Islam 100% evil, which would have played gangbusters <laughs> in December of 2001. Um, but uh, it's like, no, you know, it's its own organization. It's got issues. and But Ali was a proud Muslim. Um, something he brought up when Donald Trump tried to pass the Muslim ban and then Donald Trump pardoned him and took credit after he died. <laughs> Remember this? No, I don't. So, like, he, he never got... I remember the Muslim ban. Um, what? 
I remember the Muslim ban. Yep, well, there's the Muslim ban. Ali, one of the last things he did before he died, because he dies in like 2016, 2017, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he died recently. Yeah, fairly recently. He died like right before Trump got elected. And Ali had like released a statement being like, Mr. Trump, what you're saying about Muslims, I think, is wrong. And it was like one of the things he hadn't really released like a big statement like that in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm a Muslim. Like, this, you're persecuting my people. Then he dies. Donald Trump is elected president. And one of the things he does is pardons, po- posthumously pardons Ali for the whole like draft thing, right? And it was his way of kind of being like, See, I did a good thing for Ali. Ali would have been on my side. And it's like, even though we have direct evidence that no, he would not have been. <laughs> yeah. But it was one of those um, things that's like, it doesn't even crack the top 100 of awful things that uh, Donald Trump did. So. Yeah. I mean, th- this is the, the good thing about like modern technology and social medias is that like we have empirical evidence and proof of like all the bullshit these people do they're still going to lie about it but it's just like more people can wake up to it if they're open to waking up to it you know some people are just too far gone that's yeah. unfortunately the way it is but some people will be, could start noticing more that like oh hey this this person is a liar and they're fucked up and yeah. I shouldn't listen to them Yeah, maybe I, this is the wrong way to live my life you know which doesn't happen very often but it, it, it doesn't never happen you know, just it gives us a little more of a fighting chance, at least. Maybe that's too optimistic, but that's where I'm at today. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm both optimistic and also like just very frustrated. Yeah, of just the state of the yeah. world. I do feel like I, I've been What's more like, just... embracing of like nihilism lately. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But nihilism isn't always negative either. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm kind of at the nothing matters, but also like oh yeah, nothing matters. That means like. So much more can matter, which maybe yeah. is not true nihilism. I don't know. I'm I'm figuring shit out on my own. <laughs> nihilism is complicated because it's like there's that version of nihilism, but there's also like the edgelord version of nihilism. Yeah, yeah. That's like I, I mentioned nihilism now only because that's that's the only touchstone I have for like what I'm feeling nowadays. But I, I wouldn't call myself a nihilist or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not waving the flag. I'm just like I think this is more accurate to my feelings these days. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, not in a negative way, frankly. I don't know. None of this has anything to do with Ali. No, no. Uh, oh, faith. Faith. Faith doesn't have to be religious. Yeah, sure. That's a that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I got some of those. You want to break down uh, the cast of Ali? <sighs> oh, my God. It wouldn't really work to just go uh, in order. No, you know, like of scenes, but uh, no, got a hell oh. of a cast. All right, so we talked about Will Smith already. Jamie Foxx, we have not talked about. Yeah, we talked about Jamie Foxx as, um, excuse me, as Bundy Brown, um, who is like basically the guy who like says the shit that Ali ends up saying. You know, he kind of mm-hmm. taught Ali like the way, uh, like like I don't know how to say it, like the vernacular and shit like that. He was his corner man. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a guy just hung around with Ali for years. Everyone thought he was crazy. <laughs> but he was a really interesting figure in his life. Um Jay, this is is this this is Jamie Foxx's first team up with a uh, man, right? 
That's right. This is, I think, when he talked to him about Miami Vice, and he was like, yeah. "Man, why don't you do Miami Vice?" But yeah, and this is like this weird, like three movie run that like ends on like terrible terms with them. Yeah, like, which is just wild to think about, like that uh, because like he's good in this, and he's good in Collateral, and he's good in Miami Vice. Like, yeah, Jamie Foxx. We talked about it on the Miami Vice episode, but like he's a really talented artist and yeah. like uh, a personality, you know, like. He gives a performance, but he also, like, he's engaging to watch in interviews. Yeah. Nowadays, you can see when people are just, like, not that compelling to watch anymore. Um, mm. my, my sort of, like, barometer for this is, like, hot ones. You can kind of see who's yeah, interesting and who's not. Just because, like, the spice makes people, like, reveal uh. their true selves. You can't hide behind a facade when you're crying your eyes out and shit. Uh. Um, I don't know if Jamie Foxx is ever on hot ones, but Jamie Foxx is, like, very engaging to watch. If people have heard him give the the his pitch for his um a Mike Tyson movie, mm. it makes me want to watch a Mike Tyson movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Remember when he was on SNL and for the promote Django Unchained, and he made some joke about shooting white people, and like the right wing blogosphere freaked out for like seven months. No, but that just the description of that makes me kind of like it more. Mm. It was part of some joke because SNL is a comedy show. But <laughs> is hey, it? Yeah. But I know, I know it might be hard to believe these days. <laughs> yeah. But uh, did something insane happen on SNL again recently? I'm uh, not as of the, the day of recording, the, the like two days ago, this weekend, this past weekend, mm. uh, Woody Harrelson was hosting, and his opening monologue, he's given what I believe is the pre-approved monologue, and then I don't know if it was pre-approved, but there's a there's a moment I I caught only the moment. Where he immediately nosedives into anti-vaxxing dog whistle bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And he's like, uh, you know, the cartel wants you to put their drugs in your body, and you can't leave your house unless you put their drugs in your body. And I was like, oh no! <laughs> what are you? Why, why is no. that in his opening of SNL? I don't know. Did it have, did it have anything thing. to do with what he was saying beforehand? I didn't see what he was saying beforehand, but I like was maybe like, he was oh doing a bit. God. Like that's a. Wow. I hope it was a bit. People's uh, reactions online maybe is not yeah. in support of that like belief. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, interesting. The only thing I saw was that he did like a parody of the whale, which looked like disgusting. But uh, mm. he did, it, and then he got an honorary jacket from Scarlett Johansson. What? Because I, I just Googled Woody Harrelson, and it's like, uh, Woody Harrelson pushes popular COVID-19 conspiracy theories. Uh, Elon Musk, I guess, responded well to it. Uh, and then it says, Woody Harrelson receives Saturday Night Live honorary jacket from Scarlett Johansson. What the fuck? Was he there? I guess. You know Woody Harrelson's father was a hitman? You know, I actually did know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was that famous story where he tried to do like an Ask Me Anything on Reddit and they only wanted to ask him about his father. <laughs> and then that uh, that didn't happen oh. afterwards. Uh. <laughs> Does Woody Harrelson ever work with Michael Mann? I don't think so. No, yeah. That would have been cool once upon a time. That's right. I looked up because I went to Woody Harrelson's Wikipedia page to look up politics, and he just seems like really anti-war, and he's pro marijuana. But and he stopped smoking apparently. 
Oh, did he? What, what did something change in him? Maybe, which is maybe what uh what led to that little outburst. Yeah. SML. But it is him being like he uh, it's one of those like he compared Obama to Nixon, and then you're like, well, what does that mean? And it's like for failing to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan. I was like, okay, all right, yeah, 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 you know, and it's like. Hey, look, like Big Pharma is like a genuine, like evil yeah. entity. Listen, you know what? He could the the weed thing honestly made me believe it more that he would be because that's like you know like a lot of that verges on the weird like self help people like the wellness people mm-hmm. who are like yeah just natural shit man if it grows in the ground it's fine. Also, don't don't take medicine ever. <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, hey. I mean, hey, I hope he's like, hey, sorry, I was like, hi, I need to clarify some things. That would be the, the dream right now, mm-hmm. um, because I love him as an actor. Oh, no, but... he's a wellness nut. Yeah, he's a wellness nut. God damn um, it. He's, he's got a raw vegan diet. No! Yeah, and he's been promoting, he's been promoting COVID-19 conspiracy theories. No! Uh, connecting him to the 5G network. No! Remember that, remember that one? He doesn't believe in germ theory. <laughs> and he finds uh, that face masks as a preventative measure against COVID-19 is, quote, absurd. I'm, I'm sick of, like, you're wearing a mask and you think it contains your breath. But if it did, you'd die. You'd be breathing your own carbon monoxide. Wow, this guy's a genius. Oh, this is so upsetting. I love this. Oh, it has this quote from SNL, which I'm not going to read, but at the bottom it says, Harrelson's remotes were widely criticized online, although they were praised by Elon Musk. <laughs> what a fucking cool world we live in. Oh, this sucks. This, yeah. this all sucks. Woody Harrelson's a good actor. It's a shame. Dang, that's, that's a real fucking bummer. Yeah, I'm no, not it's a bummer. Lie. I well, bummed you out earlier about something else. This is this is what I get. <laughs> this is yeah. Shit came home to roost. <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, you know who doesn't bum me out? <laughs> A world-renowned actor, John Voight. <laughs> I'm what so the fuck? sad. I'm, reading, I'm just reading Woody Harrelson quotes. They're all kind of nutty. Um. Hey, his father was a hitman. That might do some shit to you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. Yeah. John Voight's also in this. As, John Voight, uh, totally Howard cool and normal guy. Yeah. No, another <laughs> fucked up individual. Yeah. Significantly fucked up individual. Woody Harrelson is like, just an idiot, apparently. God damn. I, it, this is one of those times where, like, the makeup really did make him look like Howard Cosell. Like, he does not look like John Voight in this fucking no. movie. No, it, it fucking threw me for a loop. It's it's kind of amazing. Also, in a, a hysterical Academy move, um, the two actors nominated, obviously, Will Smith as Ali, of course, but in this movie with a predominantly black cast, <laughs> the only other Oscar nomination went to John Voight. It's so clearly teed up for like Jamie Foxx to get the best yeah. supporting. Well, no, either Jamie Foxx or I would I would make a strong argument for Mario Van Peebles as Malcolm X. I would t- I would accept who, that argument. Who is like he's only in the first hour of the movie, but he does a fucking fantastic job. It might be a little hard to do that post Denzel Malcolm X, mm-hmm. but I thought he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
He is amazing. Um, yeah, fuck John Voight. The scenes with uh, Muhammad Ali and Howard Cosell are like magic. They're great. They are so delightful in a movie which is addressing stuff that is not delightful. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and nor nor should it handle the subject matter lightly, right? But like, it it was like they're they're your moments of reprieve almost. Where it's like, yeah. He's got like he he's got someone kind of not looking out for him so much, but a guy who's like he can kind of friendly spar with verbally instead of physically. And a lot of the stuff they're doing, it might not have happened exactly the way you're seeing it, but a lot of the comments they exchanged were real comments and things that happened yeah. between them. <clears throat> um, uh. There's a a terrific scene with Will Smith and John Voight when um he's fucking gearing up to to fight. Who the fuck is he fight? Uh, Joe Frazier, right? He's calling his shot. Mm-hmm. And um, he's going on saying, like, you know, I don't... It, it, this is real. This is the part that's real. This is the real footage. Um, this is real stuff that happened. Where he's saying, like, he doesn't know if he's going to be fighting anymore. Uh, he, he might be through fighting. Well, it's funny. But here's how it would go down. That, right before that, where they have, like, a deadly serious conversation. Right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, off the air, where they're, like, he's like, Ali, I'm not sure, like, we can do this. Like, I'm a broadcaster. Like, remember, like, there's that scene? Yeah, yeah. And then we go to them on the air, and it's back to them doing their, like, bits. Like, yeah. <laughs> which is great. But it's that, the the fight of the century speech. Mm. And it's, it's fucking electric. And this is uh, Michael Mann's obsession with putting Moby into movies. <laughs> um, and it maybe works. not the perfect choice for... No, I think it's, like... Again, like ethereal, like it. This movie just like operates on like a separate plane of existence at times, and I'm like ready for Will Smith to fuck some people up, yeah. you know, at the end of it. Well, and that's then, when the like, movie really succeeds. It really does get you in that mindset of like when Ali would talk, you'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you feel like you can do anything, you know. Which if it's when you're watching Will Smith as Muhammad Ali, that could be a disaster to watch him do that Ali shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it just wouldn't work at all, but it works here. Like, they, they got it, and part of it is this him and Voight as Cosell. Weird, weird, like, uh, John Voight has a weird run in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Well, he's That's an really Anaconda, good. which is terrific. What was that? He's an Anaconda, and he is terrific in it. Where he's doing, like, seven different accents at once. He fucking commits to that shit so hard. I think he's great. I love Anaconda, by the way. I don't know if I like Anaconda that. Anaconda, I, I like monster movies. Anaconda's kind of like mixed on me a little bit. I've seen it like a dozen times. Because so much of that movie is about like John Voight trying to trick them into going the way he wants to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, what is that accent? It is so ridiculous. I have no idea. But um, he's really but, good here too. You know Maybe. what would have made Anaconda a perfect movie? Honestly. Like, when no he gets idea. to that ending where he's trying to use them as bait to, like, get the anaconda to show up, mm-hmm. which is so stupid, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, rules. When he's doing that, uh, he should have dropped the accent completely. <laughs> <laughs> and been like, yeah, I was fucking around. Like, I, I just, I was trying to pretend I was, like, some fucking old, like, navigator guy. And um, I don't need to do that anymore, because we're all about to die. <laughs> like... <laughs> You know what? That would have been incredible, yeah. It was the same year he played FDR in Pearl Harbor. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what happened? Did he just borrow the makeup? Did they just take the makeup from Pearl Harbor and put a little more on him for Ali? <laughs> yeah. 
he's like, oh, sorry, Michael. I'm just coming from set with uh, Michael Bay. This he's is like, wait, perfect. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we can work with this. Put this wig on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that scene so much. And then after, like, he does the the hype thing, and then they they cut to commercial break, and uh, Ollie's asking him like, "Oh, how, how's your wife? She's still with you?" He's like, "Uh, yes." And he's like, "Well, ask her. Why are you doing this to yourself?" <laughs> like, it's so funny and charming. You can see everyone else in that like in that television broadcast room, like getting into it too, and like smiling. And it's like, it's 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 just electric. I don't have another word for it right now, but it's it's so exciting. And then you know. History has this too, um, but he loses the fight. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh man. Yeah, it's funny. Like, yeah, there's such a build to that fight. He loses, which happened. You know, the first loss and, of his career, right? Yeah. Um, is it his first loss? He might have lost once before then. Um, I'm not a I'm not a Muhammad Ali expert, but he's only well, he's got I'm rechecking the... the Wikipedia page, and it says it is the first loss. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, take that. He's only got five losses. So um I think a lot of those came late. He he does a run. Unfortunately, like Ali, like Rumble in the Jungle should have really been the end, you know? Like mm-hmm. that kind of should have been the end of his career. And he did the thrill of Manila afterwards, which he did win, but like he kind of he kept trying to come back. And he did it a few more times beyond when he should have done it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh but that's a, yeah, it's hard. Hard for a guy like that to get out of the ring, I guess, you know? But yeah, he loses that fight, and then it like immediately segues into uh never mind Frazier. Frazier just lost to George Foreman. <laughs> like yeah. now we gotta do the rumble in the jungle. And then like the last half of the movie is that in Zaire. Um, which is again what that document you should check the documentary out. I think you'd like it. Um also has an appearance by our old friend uh, Norman Mailer. <laughs> <laughs> Who was at the fight? Because it talks about what he saw there. Uh, so. <laughs> Foreman punching the heavy bag was an unbelievable sight. I just remember him saying. Uh, but um, anyway, we talked. I think we talked enough about Mario Van Peebles, Malcolm X. Um, it was just goodness. What Mario Van Peebles has an odd career. He does. He was in Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah. Well, I guess this is the last time we talked about him. Yeah. Uh, no. We, we can talk about more Mario Van Peebles, like, if not today, well, other days. I, think I would like to, but, like, what could we cover? Like, his career is all over the place. New Jack City? I guess New Jack City would be one, if we could find an excuse to talk New Jack City. There, there might be something there. Oh. Like the last few movies on his Wikipedia are like movies you've never heard of, mm-hmm. and he's also a director, and he's like directed a lot of odd movies. So, uh, interesting career. He's great in this. Uh, Ron yeah, yeah, Silver, um, of all fucking people, <laughs> <laughs> as uh, oh fuck. Angelo Dundee. Angelo Dundee, Ali's trainer. He's he's a big part of the second half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because like, Ron Silver's dead, kinda... right? Yeah, Ron Silver's dead. Shit. Yeah, um, R.I.P. Yeah. Um, but Jamie Foxx kind of uh, has that role in the first half, and then um, Ron Silver kind of takes over more in the second half. 
Speaking of a guy, Ron Silverman had terrible politics, it looks like. Oh. Good riddance, then. He switched to a, quote, independent um, and supported George W. Bush after the September 11th attacks. Mm. So that was his thing. Um, Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Wright? No, no, it it said he, he, he voted for Obama in the end. Oh, all right. That's interesting. Yeah. Some people are hard to pin down. Yeah. And then he died. So, rest in peace, Ron Silver. <laughs> um, Jeffrey Wright as Howard Wright. Uh, Bingham. Uh, what is this? Where Where is this in Jeffrey Wright's career? You know, this this is early. This it's is early. early. Like He's super, been around. Like total, but like, yeah, it's it's earlier. Um, like before the season, Shaft is probably his biggest movie. Oh yeah, and he's one of the grave diggers in Hamlet 2000. Oh my god, <laughs> um, where I believe in that movie, uh, Bill Murray plays Polonius, which is a choice. So it's a it's, banger. That's the Ethan Hawke Hamlet. I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't seen that in forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Michael Al- Almereda. Yeah. Yeah, he did um, that Tesla movie I really like. Yeah, he's an interesting filmmaker, but I don't know if that movie is uh, necessarily modern. When you do modern Shakespeare, that's really diff- that's a lot more difficult than I think people think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, we did a Ride with the Devil, the uh, Ang Lee Western. That I have not seen that one. Made less than a million dollars. Gotta At watch box it. Office. Really? That's yeah. see, was it like a, a independent movie or no? It would cost thirty eight million to make. All right, something something fucking happened. There. Yeah, it looks like it was distributed by USA Films, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that <laughs> so might that be might the, be a the reason then. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Totally there. It got a mixed critical reception. Hmm. Um. All but, Ang Lee stuff does, though, except for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, and, that, uh, that's what he does right after that. So wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like he does Ice Storm, Ride with the Devil, and then Crouching Tiger. Yeah. The only stuff that doesn't get mixed receptions are like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Brokeback Mountain, and Life of Pi. Like, people, some people don't like Life of Pi. Yeah, Life um, of Pi, I think, kind of aged weird, like, in terms of the response it got. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did Taking Woodstock, which is a movie no one remembers. I don't remember that now. Yeah. Um, who was in that? It was that guy was in it? The guy who used to be on the Daily Show all the time. Uh, John Oliver? No, Dimitri Martin. Oh. <laughs> remember Dimitri Martin? No, no. Let me let me see. He was the guy who used to have like he used to like have like really weird conceptual comedy bits where like he had graphs. No, no, I don't know this guy. Um. He was a very acquired taste. Okay. Is it still worth acquiring? Um, I don't know. I haven't revisited any of it. I know Mark Marin used to hate him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, Jeffrey Wright. Ice Bear on Cartoon Network's We Bear Bears. Sorry, go oh, on, okay. Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> um no, he he's just a Everyone knows he's a great actor. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, he doesn't have like the lately. flashiest He was on Westworld. That's what he was doing recently. He was in Westworld. Westworld. He was in the Batman. Yeah, he's James Gordon in Batman, which he's good in. Yeah. Um, no Time to Die. They he brought him back, back in Felix. No Time to Die so he could die. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. King. R.I.P. No, he was Felix. a CIA agent. It's fine. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, no, so I, I, I bring... love No Time to Die. What? So. I loved No Time to Die, so I, I'm... Yeah. Uh, yeah. That movie in, like, the... How long... That movie came out a little over... A little over a year ago. Yeah. Um, and it's already aged incredibly weird. You think so? Yeah. Is it because of the director? <laughs> Might be because of the director. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's that hanging over it. Yeah. So... Um, Hey, but he was on he was on Westworld until that was abruptly canceled. Yeah, they're shopping it around, but I don't I don't know if it's gonna get picked up. Do you think the problem with shopping it around is that it is one of the most boring shows ever made? <laughs> I I saw the first season, liked it, tapped out, and I feel good about it. Yeah, I watched like the first four or five episodes, and I was like. They haven't even done what it took 90 minutes for the movie to do. <laughs> but hey. Oh, you think uh, maybe the fact that it got a 0.3 million viewers for the fourth season might have hurt it? Maybe, but they're also like deleting it from the service, I think. Yeah, but that's also because that company's run by a lunatic. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm like, it doesn't matter how, how bad I think something is. Aren't you know? taking like... Arrested Development off of... Netflix. Yeah. Which is which weird. was notoriously the thing that they like that was their first big move, like alongside House of Cards. Yeah. And, like Orange They brought it back, but black. also that was one where they brought it back and then like everyone just pretends it didn't happen. <laughs> I never saw the final season. I saw the fourth one. I, I didn't hate it, but mm. I never saw that last season either. Yeah. Why is that one going away? What's that about? I don't know. Disney, I mean, I think I said that. Is Disney own Arrested Development? Is that oh, what it really is? Oh, maybe, yeah, because it was a it, Fox show. Yeah. So, like, that could be it. Oh. But, hey. Jeffrey Wright was in The Last of Us Part 2? What the fuck? Wow, that's money well spent. I I don't remember who we played. I don't... <laughs> I played that game. <laughs> Why do they put celebrities in video games? Uh, they think it brings, like, I don't know, a sense of like authenticity. Yeah. Or like, prestige like, you know, or something. can do it because it's just like, hey, look at my popular friends. Like, yeah, that's like he just wants to be friends with famous people. Yeah. And they all seem to like him. So, <laughs> um, that's like one thing. Other people, I'm not going to name names, maybe think that they're better than the medium they're playing in. Yeah. You know? Like the people who made The Last of Us 2. <laughs> I didn't say anything, but I'm yeah. just saying. But I did. <laughs> Maybe you're what I was going to say. Maybe that, that was it. Maybe it wasn't. Who's to say? Um, anyways, Jeffrey Wright's just great. He's a great presence always. Oh, yeah, he was Cuddly Whiskers on BoJack Horseman. I should finish BoJack Horseman. You should. Oh, he's the Watcher on the What If show. That's a pretty good choice. That's actually a pretty good choice yeah. for the Watcher. Like, fuck that shit. But, like, <laughs> that's yeah, a good I, choice. Yeah, I saw the first one, and I was like, all right. <laughs> that's as far as I went. Was it one of the earliest things Jeffrey Wright did was uh, he was on the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I started rewatching that. It was on Amazon for a little bit, and then it, it 
took off, and now I don't know where it is. But um, did it have the old man Indiana Jones intros? No, it was yeah. the uh, it was the repackaged versions. So that's a, what it was. A it was holding up as I was watching it. I like her delivering mail, lady. That reminds me of the time in 1912. <laughs> the mail was whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I will love Indiana Jones 5, regardless of its actual quality, if they give him an eye patch. By if he end. loses his eye at some point yeah. in the movie. Uh huh. The guy who played old Indiana Jones on the show was younger than Harrison Ford is now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. There is Cinema. an episode with Harrison Ford in the show. Cinema is alive and well. Yeah. Um, All right, Ali, Ali. All right, let's see. All right, let's see. Also, we got to go through. I mean, there's, there's a fuck ton of people in the movie. <laughs> uh, McKelty Williamson as Don King. <laughs> um, great Which actor. Is that, that's what a, again, like. That's a, I think, an underrated, difficult performance is doing Don King, because mm-hmm. Don King is such a ridiculous human being, <laughs> <laughs> who's also like evil, by the way. <laughs> like Don <laughs> King's a bad person, but um, a hard guy to pull off in a way that doesn't look like you're just doing a cartoon parody of him. Mm. And he does a good job. Yeah. Uh, well, McKelty Williamson is a fucking fantastic actor. It's a yeah. bummer that people kind of just know him from Forrest Gump, but he, he's like, you know he's what? Amazing. I didn't even remember that he was, that's where he was like kind of this thing that like made him big. Yeah. He's in Heat like the following year. That should have like erased that, but. <clears throat> and Con Air. Yeah, he's had a, had a hell of a career. He hasn't done anything yeah. in a little while though. Species 2. Hey. <laughs> Um, you know, he species had a recurring... two. I put species two on the other like a little while back, mm-hmm. and that movie might have one of the biggest drop ball setups of all time. Wait, why? What, what? I haven't seen the, pe- the species like, sequels. Species isn't good, right? Right. And but species two is kind of like it's species again, but this time there's a male alien that comes down that's evil. Mm-hmm. And through some like convoluted events, they have to bring Eve back, the fucking the, the the fucking species from the first movie. And obviously the plot should be she teams up with the humans to bring the evil male one down, right? Mm-hmm. Like you pull a Terminator too, and it's like, no, she just ends up being evil too. <laughs> some bullshit. He had a recurring bit on Justified and he was great. Remember species? I do remember Species. Whatever happened to her? No, she, the actress has a name. Yeah, but whatever happened to Species? <laughs> I don't know. She's, she she was good in those movies, even though the movies aren't good. Was she in Mass Effect? Everyone was in Mass Effect, so that would make sense. Huh. I don't see her list as being in Mass Effect. Alright. No, she was in uh, Ghost of Mars. Oh, Yeah! banger yeah movie not nearly as bad as its reputation no i like that movie i don't Um, know if i like it it, but it's it's better than the reputation yeah so here's the thing it is bad yeah but i do like it yeah and not in like a so bad it's good way i just don't think it comes together but i like the elements of it (laughs) it is one of those where like if it's if it's 10 at night and it's on the sci-fi channel you're like yeah that's fine yeah perfect 10 at night 
order some some fucking food you're gonna feel miserable after yeah, eating eat, eat a Watch whole it. pizza yeah <laughs> eat a whole pizza. wish you were dead watch go some mars you'll love it yeah um we got a return <laughs> of our guy uh barry shabaka henley yeah which i guess this is his first uh movie with um with uh man Again, it's another like three movie. Like he's kind of in the next. He's kind of in the next two movies, you know. Yeah, I I don't know if they had a falling out though. I don't know either. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be honest. I just saw his Wikipedia page. He's 68 years old. I thought he was like 68 when he did like Miami Vice. I thought I know, he, like he kind of has that look. But <laughs> I just like look that took, way. I just like that he took the middle name Shabaka from a pharaoh of the 25th dynasty of Egypt. Yeah. Fucking why not? Why not? There, there is still nothing better in cinema. I would argue there is no better moment than Barry Spaghetti Henley holding the microphone in Miami Vice and just going fire. <laughs> it's the best shit ever, isn't it? It's fucking. It's sick. Or I like when he goes, "I run it." Yeah, no, that's good. That's I really good. Run it. <laughs> like... Oh man, he's on Agents of Shield. That depresses me. No, you know what? For for I mean, what that paid. show was doing, I I get it. That that's a good that's a good choice. What was Agents of Shields doing? Well, first, because I I haven't seen the that season he was on yet. I <laughs> I, I stopped watching, not because of quality, just like I stopped caring about keeping up with stuff. All there. I remember about Agents of Shield, I was like, who is this for? They didn't figure it out for like because it like had season. like a children's level kind of plot. But like they would like occasionally get violent out of nowhere, but also like certain weapons were like very explicitly like didn't kill people, you know? Yeah, uh, and the problem was like once they like had that established, they could tell like interesting stories after that. But they never really established it. Yeah, they just jumped to making interesting stories after that. And then she so was the, then the none of them were invited like, to be a part of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yeah, which sucks and there's like a big agents of shield fan base and i like like when that show takes off finally mm. after winter soldiers release um i, I like that show I, I got a big soft spot for it i think it's significantly better than fucking anything they've done since in the tv landscape that mm. that i've been able to catch a glimpse of I, I gotta be honest i haven't finished any of them so um but yeah i mean like I'm I'm not including the Netflix stuff with that. I'm talking specifically about like the Disney Plus shows, you know. Um, but yeah, once they once they get like they balance out the the young adult adventure stuff cuz like they they have like these guns that don't kill people like you mentioned, like the these phaser things whatever. They just knock them out. But it was like, okay, you're working for Shield though, so clearly you know, you're like in a bunch of these separate cold wars. Uh like this is spy shit. So like what are like the logistics of the spy shit? You know, yeah. like are you like James Bond? Is it like Born? Is it like Mission Impossible? And then eventually they kind of get into a oh we're doing Mission Impossible in the superhero world, and that's mm-hmm. when it like the gears start clicking together and stuff. Yeah, that's probably what they should have done from the start. Yeah, yeah, they but... they the pilot is not good. Is is Agents of Shield like one of the last things uh, Bill Paxton did? Yeah. Yeah. I know that disappoints you. He's really fun in that. I show. I, I saw those episodes. Yeah, he's um, good in them. He's fine. It's just it's a little sad. It's yeah. a little sad. Um, 
He was only he was Deathlock, right? No, no, no. Deathlock was uh, J. August Richards. But doesn't he become Deathlock by the end? No, they so Deathlock. They did a thing where like, like he turned into Deathlock and then they just blew him up. Uh, Deathlock was like uh, like a subplot in this in this first season, <laughs> and then like they use like similar technology to like beef up um, <laughs> the guy uh, uh, Bill Paxton played. I don't okay. remember his character name. <laughs> That's a good sign. Yeah. I remember Bill Paxson was in it and he has a face to face with Samuel L. Jackson, which makes it all worth it. Yeah. That was that weird where like Sam Jackson clearly didn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they did the same eye gag from Winter Soldier on the show. Mm-hmm. That was weird. That was that was strange. But um What a weird that's the it's because it's like exploded now, the early years of the MCU are even stranger than like now. Yeah, but they're interesting because like the mistakes are at least like they feel less well, like. Is mandated. it interesting or is it just do we want to go back to the time where it like seemed like it could actually work and then we kind of realize very quickly that it had, it had a snowball's chance in hell of working? Maybe a little bit of both. Again, just just make it all TV shows. Mm-hmm. It should just be one big TV show. Yeah. But that's not where the money is. No, of course not. But that's where the integrity is. So, of course, I'll never do it. And what is Ali about? It's about integrity. Yeah. That's the other thing. Just talk about this movie. That's so, like, I guess it makes sense. This People didn't respond very strongly to this. That it's mostly about the political stuff. He spends a huge chunk of the movie not boxing. <laughs> <laughs> And then the last fight is the Rumble in the Jungle, which is the rope-a-dope fight, which is Ali basically just letting himself get hit. <laughs> like, just tiring, forming out, you know? Which isn't, like, the most cinematically interesting fight on the planet. No, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's bad at all. This, no, it's no not bad, but, like, about it, it but isn't, it's... like, it's not, like, rocky, you know? <laughs> You're not, yeah. like, you know, like, going, like, yeah, like... But I also think, well, maybe the least interesting part of the movie, the best way to end the movie, if you're telling this story, right? Because like, what's the, the whole movie? His whole life, it's it's about, you know, he has to he he has to let the enemies like yeah. in his life tire themselves out against them, so he can well, yeah, yeah, like, that's deliver the finishing yeah. blows. And they set it up earlier, even with like the mummy shit, you know, like mm-hmm. that's like one of the earliest scenes in the movie. And, um, yeah, like you could do the thrill in Manila, which is what happens next, you know, Ali versus Frazier free, you know, mm-hmm. which is, uh, when Ali beats Frazier again, finally, but that's not, you know, not as interesting, not as thematically appropriate. Um, although Joe you know, Ang Lee almost did a movie about that. Really? It was, he talked, for, that. he talked for a while about doing a movie that was just going to be the thrill in Manila. So... I don't know. That could be that could be interesting. I think he could do it. Mm-hmm. He said he's not using uh, high frame rates for his next movie, though. And I'm like, no, come well, back. He, yeah, if he's going to do the Ali boxing thing, he should totally use the high frame rate. But, oh, yeah. But, I think for boxing, it's such a, also, like, is Angley, a perfect like, sport for that. Has he just been defeated by the system at this point? I don't know, because like. Life of Pi gets him so much goodwill from the industry. But and it, it goes nowhere. Because it goes, it goes into Billy yeah. Flynn's halftime walk, which no one remembers. I remember it. Yeah, 
that's it. I, I, I don't like that one very much, but yeah. I admire it. And I mean, then, Gem- Gemini Man is the exact opposite type of movie, but I think what he's trying to go for works better there. Gemini Man also talking about Will Smith had that hysterical thing of like, they de-aged Will Smith, and it's like, they look the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a part where it was just like, man, I, uh, I love that Ang Lee took the swing, mm-hmm. but then another part of me was like, couldn't he just gotten Jaden? For the younger guy. <laughs> yeah, I think they everyone has agreed that we're not doing the Jaden Smith stuff anymore. No, no, I, I kind of agree, but I'm also like, okay, just that one. <laughs> like, just is Jaden even like is he one. is he doing anything anymore? Like Um, I don't think so. I think he's he's just making music now. Other than occasionally tweeting shit like what is water or like yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, he used to fucking tweet out the funniest shit. Yeah. Now I think he's just kinda gotten um, a low profile. Which I respect, yeah. you know? He doesn't need to be out. In- you, don't, you don't need to be out there. Yeah. Oh, uh, he was in The Get Down, Jaden Smith, which I, oh, I really Oh, yeah, loved. yeah. Is The Get Down good? It is good. I really love The Get okay. Down. Um, that only lasts like one yeah. season, right? Yeah, it was really expensive, and it didn't get the, the numbers for Netflix <laughs> to continue in. But it's what uh, Baz Luhrmann was doing between yeah. uh, Gatsby and I just never, I just never bothered to check it out. Yeah. I, yeah. I would recommend it, honestly. It was on that you did a voice on the new proud family oh cool is, is, is that good i, I it doesn't look very good but then i haven't watched really it but also it. i'm like it's you know it's not for it's not for me like, yeah i mean that's the thing right like i'm, I'm kind of interested because i have very fond memories of the proud family mm. but like if i don't like it i should probably just recognize like okay is it because mm. it's not for me anymore which is fine or is it like not good yeah or I don't, should i, I, I even was, care you know yeah, like, i'm not i'm just not even gonna bother yeah, just because. But I, was, I have fond memories of Proud Family. I don't think I've watched a single episode of it since my childhood. Yeah, yeah. It's not one where I was like, I have to seek this out. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I started. Uh, I I was gonna say rewatching. I started the pilot of X Men Evolution because I remember being like, oh, well, clearly yeah. that was the best one. It's fucking rough. Oh, um, it is. But it's like is in it a low like... budget animation way. So I'm like, I'm gonna hold out. I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. Sometimes those things get better, and other times it's like, you know, oh no. I remember that was the one where, like, one of the seasons kind of, like, gets, like, really extreme. Like, where the uh, the Sentinels attack and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's season two. I remember seeing that for the first time as a kid and being like, this is a little intense. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, a very vivid memory of watching for the first time an episode on Saturday morning. With like Wolverine and Magneto, and it was like one of their like showdowns thing, right? And then Magneto like spares him and saves his life or whatever. And then he like the episode ends and he's like, oh, like a a small boy from Poland owes you that much because Wolverine was in World War Two. Oh yeah, with Captain America, and I was just like, whoa! Like not just because Captain America, but I was like the implication of that. It was superheroes just to be cool and fun yeah. and awesome and. There's nothing to do with the fact that we're getting older. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's totally fine. You know, um, I, I think you can hey, acknowledge that. X-Men 97 coming to Disney Plus this year. Who gives a fuck? Can't, can't wait. Aren't we all excited for X-Men 97? Anyone who's excited about that, I'm going to make fun of them. I'm sorry. That is a weird one. Yeah. Oh. It had an ending. <laughs> like, <laughs> Did it? Whatever. I never, I never got, like, super... I've seen... 
most of it, but like I'm not. I don't know how it ends. I don't. I. I. I'm not a big fan of it. Neither um, am I. It was yeah. never one where I was like, I gotta go back. You know. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of the '90s Spider-Man either. Mm-hmm. I will also concede that both those shows I just mentioned um, have banger theme songs, though. Yeah. I know, 100%. Yeah, no one's denying they that. They brought it back for that movie. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason that's in that movie, that theme, <laughs> is because they're bringing back the cartoon show. Of course, of course. Yeah. But, hey. Um, Ali's kind of a Ali. superhero. <laughs> Ali fought Superman. Yeah. And won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, Ali beat Superman. <laughs> Um, speaking of John Peters, like that, this is a John Peters joint. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, I think Kevin Smith tells a story, like part of the uh, um, the Superman story is like he went to his John Peters mansion and he had a giant framed picture of the Superman versus Ali cover, uh, the comic book cover, and he was like, he says he must have been sitting around with a, what should my next film be? And then he looked up at that poster and was like, aha, like, <laughs> Superman and Ali. Um, that's a that's an honestly great comic, by the way. Yeah. Superman versus Ali. All right, I'm going to have to look it up. It's a ton of fun. Neil Adams art, like, it's great shit. I believe this type of aliens are like, come down and be like, we need a champion from Earth to like, come and fight. And Superman's like, well, I'll go because I'm the strongest fighter. And Ali's like, we're talking about Superman. You're not even from her. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's doing the like, you know, shit talking <laughs> of, <laughs> of Superman. He's like calling him out. And then they box and Ollie wins. <laughs> that fucking rules. I know. It's the best. The cover is really good. If you can get like a framed, because it has like every character from the DC universe in it. And like every celebrity that was popular at that time. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Bob Hope and Don Rickles and Columbo. Like, I'm gonna get a poster of this. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, fucking... what a great, what a great uh, comic. Oh. Again, remember when superheroes used to be fun and cool? Yeah, yeah, they can still be fun and cool. We just need less. See, that's, of them. that's all. Like, I don't like. They're always trying to reinvent the fucking wheel with these plots. The plot literally just has to be: we need the strongest fighter. Aliens come down and like, we want the strongest fighter. And then you find an excuse for Muhammad Ali and Superman to fight. <laughs> it's like Godzilla versus Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another, uh, that was, I think, a commercial at one point. Was that what it was? I don't know, actually. It's like an animated commercial where Charles Barkley and Godzilla. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's not animated. It's, it's, oh, it's, uh, okay. it's like a man in a suit. They made it into a comic later, though. There is a comic oh. version. <laughs> That's the one where I think, like, uh, there's some comics. It goes around every now and then where it's uh, Godzilla dunking, being like, Godzilla got busy. It's <laughs> 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 him training. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where cinema should go. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Well, you know, like, I, I, I was kind of joking when I said, like, Muhammad Ali's kind of, like, a, a superhero, but it's, like, the the same, like, subject matter can be tackled, like, with, with fictional characters. Yeah. Know? Like, it's it's more, 
It's significantly more important here because this is a real person who lived and existed and, and I, I, is fighting and real problems. <laughs> no joke, Ali is like one of the closest we came to like an actual superhero on Earth, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he was the greatest. Yeah. And like there's never really been someone that like, you know, like yeah, like Tyson later, but like he never had that same pull, you know? Yeah. Tyson's weird where like now he just has this like a podcast. <laughs> like he had an animated show with Norm MacDonald voicing a pigeon on it. Yeah, and it was like Mike Tyson Adventures or yeah. whatever. Like, what? <laughs> what? And he's like, that that dude with his history is now like, everyone's like, we all love Mike Tyson. <laughs> it's like, damn. Wasn't he just like, there was something like, uh, some video going around where he was like, why did you bite the ear off? He's like, I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> like, um... <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, he gave one of those. He used to give those interviews where it was like, back then I had so much hate in my heart, like I could convince myself to do anything to people. And he's like, I had to learn to get over that. Like, now he's like trying to be all mellow and stuff, but he is like Mike Tyson, where like if he hit you, he'd kill you. Yeah. But, <laughs> so I guess you are, I guess you are correct that we will eventually move past the Will Smith slapping incident. Yeah. Yeah, we he can never bit anyone's ear off. Yeah, if we can, if we can move past Mike Tyson being Mike Tyson for about a decade. Yeah, but Will Will Smith has to let his image be massaged by someone else other than the the approach he had before. Yeah, he needs to get you know? better with. The, he's got to pick better projects. Yeah, I mean, part of me, I've just been waiting for the day that he will kind of come back. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it just never, it's never really happened. Which is so strange when you think about it. Like, yeah, I mean, rewatching Ali for this too, it was just like, oh yeah, like he's he's out there somewhere, you know, <laughs> like he he can do it, he's got it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think he's good in Gemini Man, and I thought he was great in in Bad Boys Three. Like, mm-hmm. I I haven't seen him lose the spark. It's just it's lost in the wilderness somewhere. Yeah, something's up. Something's wrong yeah um all right is this the most underrated michael mann movie um well black hat might still have that right now but even then like i don't know black hat's like catching up right like i think so because more people are, are, are watching it like when it's streaming or whatever like it was in the in fucking netflix top 10 mm-hmm. for a minute there or something yeah and it was just like, wait, what? Why? Which one? You know, <laughs> like, why? you know why? It's because it's such a dad movie. Like, it really is. Yeah. Just like, it's like Sunday afternoon, all the fucking chores are done, or you're too tired to finish the chores. Gotta find something to watch. Put on Black Hat. It's about crime. <laughs> like, it's about crime, and then you get Chris Hemsworth saying stuff like, the real hit's yet to come. Yeah. But you also know? you can see where someone, like, explains, like... This is how a computer works. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, um, makes sense. I think if that one's just in weird limbo because of the multiple versions of it, and we don't know like if there will ever be an official release of yeah. the director's cut of Black Hat, which I do think is like vastly superior, even though I do like the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like knowing it's out there, I don't even want to go back to the theatrical cut. So uh, anyways, I can understand pro- that. What'll probably happen is Michael Mann will come out with like a third version of Black Hat, you know? Like, yeah. That's if probably... Ferrari's a hit, and I hope it is, then I think we'll get some magic again. Ferrari's just gonna be weird in that it's so close to Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Like that's And people love that movie. Yeah. 
Like, I oh, didn't the, realize how, how many normal people love that movie. Another perfect dad movie. Right? Yeah. That's what yeah, I is. like that movie. I like people it. I wasn't like. love that movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is one of those movies that, like, it just doesn't really get made that much anymore, you know? But, yeah, no, no. I, I would happily recommend that movie, frankly, um, to anyone. Yeah. Which is maybe why people love it so much, because it's like, it's for everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and now that guy is doing. Indiana Jones 5. I love Mangold as a director, so let's... Uh, I'm hoping for the best. Um, but I, I don't think Michael Mann makes movies for everyone. I think he makes movies for Michael Mann and... Jesus Christ, I didn't realize Mads Mikkelsen's character, I knew he was a Nazi. I didn't realize he was a NASA scientist. Oh yeah, they're doing the Operation Paperclip shit. That's actually so. kind of a ballsy move. I like that, That's yeah. actually kind of a, 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 a wild choice. Yeah, you know, like, after Crystal Skull, I was like, yeah, we should be attacking other villains from different uh, eras, right? So, like, yeah. eventually, like, you could do a lot with that. But then right now, given the state of the nation and the world, I'm like, no, no, let's, yeah, let's wheel let's, back around to always... fucking up Nazis. It's weird seeing uh, John Rhys-Davies back as Sala. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That seems like it's aged a little weird. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It'd be hysterical, though, if, they, if in this movie they pulled a Walter from The Big Lebowski. Be like, you're not even fucking Egyptian, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was just like adopted. Yeah, like he converted there. for, for his soft, wife or something. Like, nice way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, stop talking like that. I can imagine Grumpy Harrison Ford saying that. Stop talking like that. Toby Jones's character is named Basil. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. He he's gonna be the highlight of the movie. Toby a, Jones could be in a Michael Mann movie. What now? Toby Jones could be in oh, a Michael 100%. Mann movie. Yeah, 100%. Um, Antonio Banderas is in Indy 5? Oh, yeah, you didn't you didn't hear my take about that? No, I haven't. So, I kind of been ignoring the movie, frankly. That's fine. So, Toby... I, mean, not Toby, I just love Toby Jones. Um, Antonio Banderas was in the Uncharted movie. Which is baby's first Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. Or and then, uh, or garbage. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that movie is bad, but um, it should be great, and it, they fuck it up. But Antonio Banderas is in the movie, and then he gets killed off at the end of the second act, and then the real villain is like the young, sexy femme fatale, mm. and it's like, oh, this is like it loses all energy. It, not that it had any before, but it loses more energy than it had, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm, my, my theory is that he was like, well, I wanted to be an Indiana Jones villain. And then they're like, hey, do you want to be an Indiana Jones 5? And he was like, fuck yeah. That's what I think happened. All right. Cool. Stevie Waller-Bridge, is she going to be Marcus Brody's daughter? I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. That's not a bad choice. Yeah, no, and she, she's like a talented actress. I need to see her show Fleabag, though. Yeah. I hear Fleabag is quite good. Yeah. It, it's quite good and also quite bad, but also quite good, but also quite bad. Oh. <laughs> I'm basing this on the discourse that seems to happen every three months. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I try to I try to shut that out now. This reminds me, I have the, there's a movie that's discourse has been wild this year that I want to talk to you about after we done, we're done recording. Okay, okay. So, um, but, how much more do I have to say about Muhammad Ali? I don't I, know I, if I have much more. We barely talked about the fucking movie, but... No, we talked about it. We talked it. about it. Yeah. I, 
it's weird. We probably could have done it an, a good hour on just the movie, but I filled it with about an hour of other nonsense. I, I, I keep did. thinking I keep thinking these episodes have to be longer, and they really don't. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. Yeah, we could just talk about the movie. Yeah. Um, this is a great film. Yes. I, I think it, it's it might be the most underrated Michael Mann movie. Yeah, I think you're I think me. you might be right on that one. Um and I'll be honest, on my Michael Mann ranked list on Letterboxd, it is at number nine. Mm. Ten and eleven are the keep and public enemies, and then number twelve is LA Takedown. Mm-hmm. His bad picture. His one bad one. So it's like I'm going to bat for it really hard, but I do love a lot of his other stuff mm-hmm. more. Now, it'll probably go up as I revisit it more again, but like... Man, it's I, hard because he kind of, he has so many good movies. Yeah. I mean, all, all of his movies, uh, minus the, the bottom three I just gave, are kind of five-star pictures, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I have Last of the Mohicans next to it, and I'm like, do I like it more than Last of the Mohicans? Mm-hmm. You'll probably it depends on which one. It's it's always that one like what was the last one you watched, you know? Yeah. It's a little bit of that going on there. Yeah, even for me I'm always like, well, Manhunter's my favorite, and then I'm like but then Heat and Collateral and Miami Vice and Thief and Black Cat and Insider. It's like yeah, it's tough. It's tough to choose. Um My dad's yeah. favorite is the keep. <laughs> <laughs> really? He loves the keep. All right. It's my kind of dad. I don't totally understand it, but hey, whatever makes him happy. I like to keep. Keeps a weird movie. It's it's a very weird movie. I didn't say it wasn't. (laughs) Well, it's not finished, (laughs) which doesn't help. Uh, I'll end with my favorite quote from Jamie Foxx as Bundini Brown, uh, where he says, after... Basically fucking up his life and fucking up Muhammad Ali a little bit too. Yeah. Says, free ain't easy, free is real, and real's a motherfucker. That's a fantastic quote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think it's a good summation of the entire film, frankly. But um, yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, I, I hesitate to call it life affirming, but it's 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 affirming to me if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I. I feel like more optimistic after I watch it. I don't always feel more optimistic after uh, the the narratives of a Michael Mann movie. Yeah. Although that's not always true. I always I just love watching Michael Mann shit. So like I watch Manhunter and I'm like, yeah, this is relaxing, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's not, but I just like it so much. It like it's it's one of those strange things, you know? Um, yeah, Muhammad Ali. We did it. We did it. We, we did the film. Yeah. All right, let's see what we're doing next time on the retrospective. Yes. Thought I had it ready. That's on me. All right. <laughs> All right. We, we, I think we're running out of energy a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. All right. We talked for like 90 minutes before we started recording today. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. It's all, it's all part of the We covered like everything from like fucking pop culture to the Catholic Church, and we still found ways to bring up fucking the Marvel Universe. Yeah. On this episode, and so. we talk about Green Lantern for like another half hour. Oh God, Green Lantern! <laughs> All right, next up, another biopic. But I think I think we can get some some strength out of it. Uh, Steve Jobs. 
Oh boy. Yeah, Danny Boyle directed. Aaron what a Sorkin good scripted. one to do next. Yep. I'm so happy that's the one we're doing next. Me too. Oh boy. <laughs> this is going to go great. Said no one ever. <laughs> it, it's going to be fun. All right. All right. G- goodbye. Just links in the description to both of our stuff. Thank you, Matt, my co-host, for joining me again. Goodbye, Judy Foster. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. <laughs>